Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 344. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? This is a DC Comics podcast. We get together and we talk about the DC books of the week that we read. On this week's episode, we will be talking about various Lazarus Planet one-shots because we did some catching up kind of, of Mm -hmm. at least some of the issues. And so there's going to be a coalition of of different stories from different issues uh, that are some that are more relevant to things that are in the solicits this week, which we'll get to in mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, but we also have Batgirls issue 15, Matt read Wildcats issue 4, we have Danger Street issue 3, and we have Swamp Thing Green Hell issue 2, uh, 75 years after issue 1 yeah, came right. out. Uh, so I, I reread issue 1 yesterday because oh. there was no way I was going to remember uh, yeah. a single word of it. So uh, I was all refreshed. I went in unrefreshed, and uh, the the I still <laughs> got the gist of it. So, um, that said, I think I enjoyed issue two more than the first issue, but I don't remember the first issue that much. So, yeah, you can't mean, say that with any like yeah. degree of authority. <laughs> no, I the feeling I had after reading this issue versus reading the first issue. You don't remember definitely. what you felt after reading the first issue. Don't oh, I do. I remember going, "Wow, this is really good." Doug Mankey draws a real good Swamp Thing. Uh, and after this, I went, wow, he draws some good monsters. I, I, I question how how well you're remembering this. But yeah, um, that's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, but not just that, though. That's the books, which wasn't a big list, obviously. Only, only five books. But uh, we do have solicits to do, as I mentioned. Uh, we got the May solicits, which do have a few new things in there as well. Some stuff that was previously announced, some stuff that was announced as well this week, but we'll just talk about them in the solicits because we're going to go through them anyway. And we also have a trailer to talk about because at the Super Bowl last Sunday, they unveiled the big full three-minute trailer for The Flash. So we're also going to talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, things. There's lots, lots to talk about this week on the show. So welcome, everyone. Uh, you know, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Although with Twitter's rules changing, we'll see how long we're still on there. But <laughs> that's the mm-hmm. that's the current destination. Uh, and of course, you can join the Discord. You can, there's a mail fuzz, Instagram, there's all these things. You go go look. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get into uh the first bit of business for the day. It's not the Flash trailer. It's not the solicits. It's none of the books we read. Mm-hmm. Matt, do you have any idea what the first thing we are making time for this week? Uh, it's the Comicsology top ten. The despair in your voice fills yeah. me with. Remember, it's an old bit. It's an old <laughs> bit. The numbers numbers are stupid. <laughs> it fills me with energy. You know, it's uh, yeah. you know, it, well, it makes one of us. It arouses something within no. me don't don't say arouse in me in the same sentence please <laughs> <laughs> i never said what it arouses that's your yes. mind going to places uh, uh-huh. it arouses my spirits uh-huh <laughs> Jeez. all right so so i i think i have a guess for dc okay for tuesday's uh books yes let yep. go yep. i i really want it to be danger street but i don't think it is i think it's batman beyond the white knight nope Ooh, all right. You got a second guess? Ah, not particularly. <laughs> well, number one is Lazarus Planet. Uh, whatever oh, wow. one that was this week. Let me just get the title proper. Uh, Dark Fate number one. Yeah, well, Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. That's the the thing. Uh, mm. Don't don't play whatever your doohickey is next to the make map. 
Yeah, I can hear it. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, Number two is Batman Beyond the White Knight. Uh, Number three is Danger Street, so not too Uh, bad. Yeah. Number four is Wildcats, issue four. Number five is Swamp Thing Green Hell. So, you know, $7 book, and it's like two years after issue one. Not too bad, (laughs) all Mm -hmm. things considered. Number six is Icon and Hardware. Oh, sorry, Icon versus Hardware, I should say. Uh, forgive me. Uh, issue one. Number seven is Batman Incorporated. Number eight is Batman The Adventures Continues. Number nine is Batgirls. And number 10 is I Am Batman issue 18 uh, with uh, uh, Batman Beyond New Year. Just uh, missing out in the top 10. Uh, I also note here that they released a Batman Dark Knight Detective Volume 7 uh, this oh. this week, which is uh, the collection, I think, of Detective Comics after Crisis. So, you know, they're, they're quite deep into that now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's neat. Uh, I don't see the Neo Year on here on Bigger Comic Geeks. I wonder what that was. Oh, it's a trade. Sorry, Matt. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I didn't even realize it was a trade. I, I assume that finished because that was only a miniseries, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried to read it. I couldn't get into it. So, uh, you know, Batman Beyond is I, it's still near and dear to me, but just the first two issues didn't do much. So I gave up. But yeah, I didn't realize if it was still going. And No, no. I, I, I was just me not noticing it was a, a trade rather than a single issue. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that, that's basically it. Nothing too exciting. I mean, it was, again, a late week for DC books. I mean, I'm hoping that as we get these new books launching over the next few months that week one and two of the month start to fill out a little bit more because it's really yeah. weird and lopsided right now. And it's not, well, even, yeah, that, it's right. not even just like w- the ones we were reading because sometimes that happens where the mm-hmm. books we don't like just all happen to fall in a week or two. Mm-hmm. So they're quite late for us. But I feel like even just when you look at these top tens, it's like, no, 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 they don't have a lot of regular books out on these weeks. Yeah. They've got, you know, they've got a few and then we're getting to kind of, the, you know, Batman The Adventure Continues, no shade on it, but it's, you know, it's a yeah. weirder, you know, book it's not one of the mainline stuff so yeah a bit more niche of a book yeah yeah that's what we put um but yeah uh without lazarus planet this week it would have been a, a real short week you know but that was a big a big book so um yeah kind of patted him yeah uh it also helped add to reread swamp thing green hell issue one that made mm-hmm. the week feel a bit bigger <laughs> so yeah uh that is the dc figures or the dc ranking for for tuesday oh but we'll always look at the uh the wednesday numbers though and see what the rest of the mm-hmm. the industry is looking like any guesses for what number one from the wednesday books was i'm gonna guess x-men 19 no whoa no there's there's probably an event that i just missed as i was scrolling Maybe not. Mm. Is it a a number one? It is a number one. So it's Nightcrawlers then. It is Nightcrawlers, which is a tie-in to the Sinister thing. Sons of Sinister, whatever that event's called. Uh, But it's a three-issue tie-in to that. This is issue one of that. That's number one uh, by Cy Spurrier. Number two is X-Men issue 19. So you weren't too far off with the guess. Number three is Wolverine, uh, yeah. issue 30. And what's interesting is Nightcrawlers has Wolverine on the cover. So we've got three X-Men books, uh, one, two, and three. Uh, cannot deny the X-Books are, are, are doing well, uh, certainly amongst their own competition. Uh, number four is Fantastic Four, issue four. That's a lot of fours back to back. Issue four of Fantastic Four at number four. Uh, number five is actually not a, not a Marvel book. We have Nemesis Reloaded, issue two. That's the Mark Miller. Miller. Yeah. Yep. With Jorge Jimenez, that's why he's not in any DC books right now, I guess, because he's well, doing that. Get that money. 
And then we have Avengers Forever issue 14 at number 6. They, we then have Marauders, uh, but this is Steve Orlando book. That's issue 11 at number 7. Uh, at number 8, we have Spider-Man issue 5. That's the Dan Slott uh, series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then number 9 is Invincible Iron Man issue 3. This is the Jerry Duggan series. Okay. And then number 10 is Hulk issue 12, which is the Donny Cates uh, Hulk mm-hmm. series. Uh, just missing out in the top 10 is the Captain Marvel 46, which is the Kelly Thompson book, which I've read the first couple of sort of trades mm-hmm. worth of, and it was fun enough. Not one of my favorite of her books, but I will read it all at some point because I like her quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool to see. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's still a bunch of Marvel books, but like, they released a lot of books this week. Uh, so A lot, um, a lot. Like I'm still scrolling and there's still some popping up. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, in fact, that you have to go to what number sixteen to get the, the next non-Marvel book. I know there was one in the top ten, but the next one down's at sixteen, and that's uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there you go. Yeah, so very Marvel skewing week as far as what books came out. But uh, yeah. uh, very good, very good. Uh, so that is the Comicsology top ten, uh, which you know uh, we'll wrap up that much to Matt's uh, delight. Uh, before we get to solicits, I think it makes more sense to do solicits before the comics because it will sort of lead in more naturally to that. Yeah. So I think before that, we will dive in to talk about this trailer for The Flash, a movie that we have been pretty on the record of before of not being particularly thrilled in yeah. its existence for a number of factors. I'll just reiterate them very briefly. Uh, it's doing Flashpoint, which is a horrible idea for your first Flash movie. Ezra Miller has been miscast since day one. So forgetting all other antics yeah, yeah in the last you know couple of years even before that i thought they were miscast mm-hmm. uh it's still connected quite heavily to the Snyderverse, which you know none of us are excited yeah, about just... yeah so like just there's a lot of reasons to to not be for us to not be that excited about this so but we got mm-hmm. a trailer we kind of have to talk about it uh we get our first look at michael keaton mm-hmm. back in the bat suit uh the supergirl stuff that's in there but she's basically replaced superman from flashpoint yeah. uh and it looks like she's been locked up like yep. like Cal was in that and then sort of ends up helping later on in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that seems to be a case. Uh, there's two Barrys. Uh, ben Affleck Batman's in there as well and multiple different oh. variations by the looks of it because he's got like a blue cape at one point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the thing that I mean was the two Barrys because now it makes sense why they didn't replace him because I'm sure there was a lot of, uh, you know, between the two Barrys, uh, you know, because there was talk about them trying to maybe, you know, like I know there was a fan idea of replacing Ezra. And now I understand why they, that's a harder task than we thought. They basically you have know? to reshoot the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I think the weird thing is, is that because it's a Flashpoint story, it doesn't take uh-huh. too much like tinkering at the end to just say, nope. and this is what sets up the new universe that we now have yeah. going forward. Uh, even though I think Aquaman 2 is still coming out after it, but that's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just just ignore that. <laughs> just ignore yeah. that. Uh, honestly, like... It doesn't look bad. Um, you know. It doesn't look good it, either. I mean, but yeah, but like, for, for as troubled as the production was, I was expecting it to look way worse. And especially after that poster, you know, the, the flash with the bat, you know, stuff. And that just looked like a cheap poster. Uh, the movie doesn't look cheap. It, it you know it looks like it's brighter than some of the other Snyderverse stuff. Um, I disagree so. with the cheap part. I think the CG looks yeah. terrible right now. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, I watched the trailer on my phone. So 
Had I watched it on the red screen, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're having a different conversation. Yeah, um, there's, there's moments of Batman jumping around and stuff where he's a CG character, same as Supergirl oh, jumping around and flying, and they look like they look like you know Agent Smith from Matrix Reloaded, pretty much. You know, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have to watch this on my TV. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they look really bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, some of the motion blur stuff with with Supergirl, yes, I can definitely see. You know, but and honestly, like. <sighs> Like, when Michael Keaton shows up and they play the theme and he has this long yeah. pause before he says, I'm Batman, it just, it felt like fan service wankery to me. It didn't feel, it felt really unnatural. And it felt like we're doing this... It doesn't this... match the tone of where DC was, because this feels very tongue-in-cheek. Um, and that doesn't match what, what we've had, I think, in the past before. You know, like, the self-awareness... <sighs> so yeah i guess i didn't mind it i mean but that's that's not that's not really my problem in them i mean i don't like that but necessarily but my problem in the moment isn't that my problem in the moment is i am so sick of multiverse stuff marvel's doing it with their stuff i couldn't be less interested in their phases that's going on right now because they're doing all this stuff that Mm -hmm. is like you can do something interesting with multiverse stuff and the comics have certainly done it in the past and you know other movies that are just about a multiverse have done it um but No Way Home, like, it's, like that was basically just a cheap excuse to have, like, the old Spider-Man back for Nostalgia Pops. And I can't help but watch this trailer and go, yeah, this is just cheap nostalgia. So people who yeah. care about, you know, Michael Keaton Batman can, can you know, feel yeah. excited about it and get giddy. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, like, be of value in the story or feel like it's, you know, it, it feels a bit hollow to me. Yeah. And honestly, I... <laughs> I, I've never, you know, ever since I've been of a certain age, I've not really enjoyed the Tim yeah. Burton Batman movies. In fact, Batman Returns, I think, is outright shit. So <laughs> I, 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 like, I feel nothing for Michael yeah. Keaton Batman showing up. So yeah. th- that's you're, like, that's like, you're already working out of a hole, right? Well, no, it's not that. Like, look at it this way. It's like they're doing all this stuff in the movie what not all of it necessarily seems bad at the get-go although i do think doing a flashpoint movie is your first flash movie still a terrible yeah. idea i still disagree with that and i still think Ezra miller is badly miscast mm-hmm. but the ideas of what the story is isn't necessarily bad but the fact that they're dangling the nostalgia like candy in front of me of michael <laughs> keaton batman uh when i don't care about that means that all I am left with is what else the movie has to offer, and I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling what it's doing. Now, it doesn't look as much of a train wreck as I, in my head I thought it yeah. could look, but I'm still not going to see it in theaters. Like, I'm still not going to go and see it. Like, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. I, I I have enough points that I can probably work a lot of a free movie ticket. Ah, uh, you always cave yeah. and go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I haven't, I haven't caved and seen uh, Avatar yet. So, uh, actually, you yeah, terrible I'm... taste. You went and saw Black Adam. No, I didn't. I watched Black Adam at home while wrapping presents, sir. Okay, you watched Black Adam. Period. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. On HBO when it was free. And so <laughs> I've not yeah. even watched it for free yet, though. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I like the Michael Keaton part. I mean, having him back, like, yeah, there's a nostalgia pop. But I did, you know, hearing the Danny Elfman score behind there and seeing him back up and you know um and this after you know his his resurgence in the last like what 10 years with birdman and all of that stuff so it's okay you brought up no way home which i I think is pretty apt in that 
I have a lot of friends that think that's the best Spider-Man movie. And then I start asking them about why, and it just boils down to the nostalgia pops. And now I'm going to have that with people with Batman. And I just, I can't, you know, when you <laughs> compared it to that and I was just like, Oh God damn it. But this is the no way home. This is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's it, it looks kind of like a hollow experience to me. Now, mate, now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll have a lot going on, yeah. and the writing is entirely yeah. possible. But like at this point, like we've had so many superhero movies that the the action they're showing me isn't like if, for yeah. a start the CG looks bad. But even if it was good, the action they're showing me isn't going to exactly feel yeah. impressive. It's not giving me like a different tone that feels unique. Like, the one thing about Matt Reeves' Batman is when we got trailers for that, it's like, oh, I had a very specific, yeah. different tone to everything else. Whereas this could just be an MCU movie trailer. You know, yeah. it, you know, it could be. It's no. got the same vibe, well, same beats. Eh. Larry David noise. That's my that's my reaction. Uh, you do the whole face, too. Eh. <laughs> what that's you doing? most used gif. He's, he does it. And that's a gif that you use all the time. Where he's, uh, where, yeah, no, 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 no. You're, you're you're thinking of the the like the 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 stuck between two shitty choices uh, mm-hmm. gif where he's like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. thinking of something different. I'm just doing yeah, the yeah. the apathy like, eh. gotcha, gotcha, different, different. You got like your Larry David, Matt. You you can't get I, by. I, in I this do. World. I haven't watched enough. I haven't watched enough Curb. I've only watched a little Curb, so you know. <laughs> okay, watch more Curb. That's the key thing we've learned. All right. uh Let's get into some solicits then. So May solicits for this year. Uh, we'll get into it. There's a, a bunch of stuff that, that is of interest. Um, I would say uh, some mm-hmm. of which we knew, some of which we uh, we maybe did not. Uh, but first up, we have Titans issue one. This is obviously one that we did know mm-hmm. about. We got a few more covers for it now. Um, uh, most of them look nice enough. Uh, so this is obviously Tom Taylor's new series with Nicholas Scott. Uh, new ongoing series. Uh, you know what? What is there to say mm-hmm. except this is a, a dream team? Yep. And we've been loving Nightwing, so an extension of that sounds like mm-hmm. a, also like a dream. So by all means, give it to me into my veins. Thank you and kindly. Yeah, that Dan Moore cover. I mean, I thought I really liked the Nicole Scott cover, and then they dropped that Dan Moore variant, and man, looks yeah. so good. Yep. So. Yep. Very very good. Uh, then we have Shazam issue one. Mm-hmm. Just, to, for some reason, the, just for everyone following along, this the solicits yeah. aren't in the usual place. For for some reason, they're not in Newsarama yeah. at, at this month. So the site that I'm looking at has all of the covers stacked one on top of each other. So I had to scroll for ages there till I got to the actual yeah. Shazam text. Because they they put all the Shazam ones. They didn't put all the Titans ones, um, but they put all the Shazam ones. And yeah, it was a long time to to go through. Yeah. Which, for the record, some of these covers are very, very nice. Uh, I think it's cool that they got Somni to do a cover, because I can't think of a lot of Somni DC work. So. Yeah, yeah. And, well, he's worked with Wade, so that's probably how yeah. that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's a few interesting... And that, that Shaner cover, covers, he's yeah. another one that we, you know... We already knew he could draw Mary, right? Oh, I mean, so, there was no doubt he could do... Uh, yeah, it yeah. just looks right. Um, so, Actually, so, yeah. it's... it's, it's like, I kind of like that one with the dinosaur as well. It's got like a, mm-hmm. a yeah, it's got like a weird sort of golden age kind of like sheen to it that I kind of like. Yeah, it it looks like an old like a Doc Savage cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Shinner one's obviously gorgeous. So this is Mark Wade uh, writing with Dan Mora on art. So this is a, a new 
uh shazam book which is exciting news we've been wanting an ongoing shazam for a while and obviously the john's ones had it's had its moments but it was kind of had a lot of delays kind of had to wrap up at yeah. a weird time this hopefully will be more of a consistent thing and given the way that they've been treating characters like nightwing and treating stuff like uh the batgirls books had like a lot of room to breathe and even though it's not the biggest seller every month you know it's got into its late teens and issues and feels like it's got at least a fair shake i don't know if it'll last too much longer but it's you know it's, it's it's still going so uh yeah excited for this so um, i mean in reading the solicit text it definitely sounds like it's going to be more of a light-hearted type take on you know almost which, like a back to basics Sam. which wade's very good at i mean the first mm-hmm. thing says the first words in the text is dinosaurs from space yeah <laughs> it's... clubhouse of eternity um but like the the thing that gets me is you know about halfway through it says want to stop Lex Luthor and Joker call Superman and Batman, international crises page Wonder Woman. But when Gargo Emperor of the Moon sets his sight on Gorilla City, that's when he shouts Shazam. And I was like, okay, that is a different enough take, you know. And from because I feel like when I think of Shazam, over the last twenty years, it's all John stuff, right? It's him associated with the JSA and Black Adam and that whole thing. And so here, you know, this back to, you know, it's going to be a little bit cheesy. Like one of his old nicknames was the Big Red Cheese. Um, and I, you know, and that tone shift, I think, will set him apart from some of these other DC books. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is very exciting. And plus Mora, um, like that, that is a really good match for DC right now is Wade and Mora. So excited. Yeah, my only my only slight uh, concern is that the text nor the covers at any point indicate that uh, any of his uh, family members will also be yeah. in the book. It may just be Billy on his own, which mm-hmm. I think would be a slight issue. Maybe something that he'll bring in after like an arc or something like that. Maybe he wants to just do a little bit of solo Shazam and then bring in the rest later, which would be yeah. fine. Yeah. But uh, so I, I'm just saying I hope to see them, is all I'm mm-hmm. saying. I don't want them to be left behind. But uh, no, that's cool. So another exciting new series for me. Maybe it's got a lot of new stuff. Uh, next up, we have Green Lantern, number one, issue one. This is written by yeah. Jeremy Adams. That that pauses. I'm saying the titles because I'm trying to scroll to the goddamn text. Is just yeah. to make sure what the title so, is. It's gonna be Jeremy Adams with art by Zermanico, and then a backup with John Stewart, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, and art by Montos. So uh, big one-two punch here of Jeremy Adams and Philip Kennedy Johnson writing. Yeah, some um, uh, nice covers in this one as well. Yeah. Honestly, the, the main cover is very nice. There's one with Sinestro in like a hoodie in the rain, which actually looks yeah. quite good. Uh, and then I also quite like the one with Hal with the hammer uh, mm-hmm. at the fair trying to impress, I presume, Carol. But uh, And that's the same artist that did that uh, dinosaur. Oh, uh, really? Shazam okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see now you've said that actually, the similar kind of painting. The Ariel style. Cologne. So. Uh, uh, no, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, spinning out the events of Dark Crisis, Guardians of Oa at the heart of the Green Lantern Corps have quarantined Sector 2814, home planet Earth, and its champion along with it. Uh, so this is kind of pinning Hal to uh-huh. the sector, so he's going to be sticking around Earth. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, no, there's nothing not to like about this. I mean, Jeremy Adams, well, he's not a huge name. He's been doing you know solid, consistent work on The Flash, so I'm kind of yeah. excited to see what he might do with Green Lantern. Yeah, for sure. If it's half as good as his Flash has been, I, I should still enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, and Zermanico and Art, I'm a big fan of Zermanico. Oh, and this so. is a week two book, which is perfect. Yes. Because week two needs books. Mm-hmm. Right, what were those last couple? I'm regretting this because I'm going to scroll a lot now, but... Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, Shazam's a week one. Perfect. I'm happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titans is a week three, so that's still kind of in... That's not in the quiet weeks, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Two out of three so far, not bad. Uh, so, very cool. Uh, next up, we have Batman the Brave and the Bold issue one. So this is a, you know, a 64-page anthology-style book that has yeah. stories by Tom King, Ed Brisson, Christopher Cantwell... And Dan Mora. Dan Mora in the writer's yeah. list. Interesting. Um, I'm on the arts list, so he's writing in. Well, I was just going to get to the art list, oh. which is Mitch Garrods, Jeff Spokes, Javier Rodriguez, and Dan Mora. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. Feels like this is replacing... Um, Urban Legends. The, yeah, I got them. Uh, the Urban Legends book, so... Yeah, this is... I think it's a little bit shorter, but yeah, it does feel like it's mm-hmm. maybe... Do you know what I think it is? I think the title, Brave and the Bold, just carries a lot more mm-hmm. uh, weight to it. And sure. I'm, I imagine as well that because it's Brave and the Bold, that will Batman be in all the stories? Is it, oh, is it, is it, seeming... Reading, reading the, the text, I'm thinking so. Yeah, because Brave and the Bold, typically it's usually Batman and... You know, someone he team teams up with someone else, yeah. Yep. Which, you know, you can be cynical about, but that's kind of the tradition. And if it gets some eyes on some other characters, then that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely there to try this, and I hope I like it. Uh, I hope that, you know, more than one of the stories is... Because uh, obviously Tom King and Mitch Gerrards, I'm assuming that's going to pop. But I hope some of the other ones are. And, it, you know, Dan Moore is a writer I'm not really sure about. And Christopher Cantwell, I don't really know. Ed Brisson is the only name I recognize... You know, I mean, I recognize Mora, but obviously not as a writer. Uh, so yeah, well, Cantwell it says he did did Halt and Catch Fire, so I don't know if you'd watch that. I haven't. So he's, he comes from yeah. TV then. That's interesting. Yeah, and it says co-creator of Briar and Iron Man, so he must have written an Iron Man comic too. Um, okay, okay. These, these stories seem good. So you know, we have a um, coming off the success of Batman One Bad Day, Riddler. It's King and Garrett's reunite for a horrifying four-part retelling of the first clash between Joker and Batman. Oh, so this is so, a, this is kind of like a redo of the yeah. the Man Who Laughs then, mm-hmm. which was a uh, Brew Baker. Yeah, I, I don't I know if it was a, who did art though. It was a Brew Baker. It was either a one shot or it was like a like maybe a three issue mm-hmm. mini, but it was uh, telling the story of the first time Batman encounters Joker. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of down for a new version of this, and given yeah. that King tends to write a very uh, oppressive Joker, which is yeah, my favorite kind of dark. Joker. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of down for that. Especially, I mean, go, go on that Riddler one shot from One Bad Day. I mean, geez, yeah. like, yeah, give it to me. Uh, sure. I'm into that. And then next story is that a Justice League may be gone, but enemies aren't. Uh, he'll protect the world from the worst. Ed Brisson and Jeff Spokes pick up a story started in Wildstorm's 30th anniversary special as Director Bones and his new covert stormwatch team travel the globe mm-hmm. on blackout missions okay so that's a stormwatch story so judging from the covers right with bones it looks like you have shadow and and ravager on this team and then some yes. characters i don't quite recognize someone in kind of a kind of like a white ninja kind of kind of vibe yeah i don't know who that is I either um I don't know who that is so Judging from that cover, so, that is quite smart. You've got your your main story, which is your Tom King, uh, Mitch mm-hmm. Gerrard's big Batman story, and then you're like, here, so here's some Stormwatch as a as a yep. backup story, uh, and then mm-hmm. likewise we also have, uh, where are we? We have Mora, Dan Mora, uh, obviously writing and drawing, um, and this is a new series of black and white stories. 
Yeah. So, cool. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, the Cantwell story has me because, uh, not just because of Superman, but for, for what it says. So the Order of the Black Lamp, part one, from Christopher Cantwell and Javier Rodriguez. Superman finds a decoder ring with a secret message of Save Me, which sends him on a quest to solve a mystery with ties to the Man of Steel's past. So it doesn't seem like it's just Batman, but... Um, that one's, yeah, that I, one's interesting, because, uh, like, how does that fit into Brave and the Bold? Sure, I mean, even if it's not Batman, he has to be teaming up with someone, otherwise it's not Brave and the Bold. Right. Right? So, so yeah. Curious. Uh, it feels a little bit odd in this, like, set mm-hmm. of stories. Like, I'm interested in it, but it feels odd in this yeah. set of stories, so I'm just curious, like, how it feels like it fits when we actually get to read it, but... Uh, I'm definitely there to read it. Obviously, there's a lot of new books in May. Uh, it's kind of an exciting yeah. time. Feels like a fresh start almost for a lot of the line. Uh, but fantastically, we're not losing any of the good books really that we currently like to yeah. get them, which is kind of nice. So, uh, you know, and I think I think we are at a stage right now where we do need some more books. It's not just a case of you know because sometimes we you know so we've got so many books we could use trimming a couple. I don't feel that right now. I feel like we we need a few more, <laughs> like particularly on the yeah. the first couple of weeks of the month. Uh, next up, we got Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg's new book. Uh, yeah. This is by Morgan Hampton, art by Tom Rainey. Um, and the short story that we got recently was kind of up, up. It had me kind of optimistic, mm-hmm. even though the creative team isn't the exact same. Yep. So you know, but we'll Morgan Hampton, it says a milestone initiative writer. Mm-hmm. So they came from from you know milestone, which is good, and it's a new name. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to start this one. It's it's or, or to try this one. Cyborg's back in Detroit, uh, which we saw in that in that power short. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it says an, uh, an aggressive new company is turning the Motor City into an overclocked engine for revolutionary artificial intelligence, and no one knows better than Cyborg that technological transformation always comes at the steep human price. So, you know, it's a it's a mini series. It says one of six. Yeah, one of six. Yeah. So. You know, I'm curious to try this one. Uh, I like that story a lot with him and his mom and the origin of, of Booya and, and what that exactly means to him. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I hope cool. it's good. I really do. Because like, I've mm-hmm. tried so many Cyborg issue ones. And it's not really that many. It's yeah. like three probably. But yeah. every time I'll try one, maybe read an issue two and then kind of fall mm-hmm. away from it. I'm hoping this one will be good and yeah. sort of like stick the whole six issues. Uh, next up, so we had a few books announced this week. This is the first of these. I assume they're all back-to-back, but we'll find out in a second. Uh, so this first one is called Spirit World, and it's the first of three um, Asian-focused characters mm-hmm. uh, in new miniseries. So they're all six-issue minis, I think. And this is Alyssa Wong writing uh, with mm-hmm. art by Haining. Uh, noticeably, they have the uh, the Asian text next to their names yep. here as well, which is, inter- which is just cool. Uh, so, yeah, this is a six-issue miniseries, and more thoughts on this later, because I actually did go back and read the stories from the Lazarus Planet mm-hmm. one-shots that were relevant. I think there was one in the Wildstorm 30th anniversary thing that I didn't go back and read. Uh, someone said I, said that I to us on Twitter. I think City Boy, yeah. Well, City so, Boy had a story in one of these two. Yeah, no, it did. But also, I think that's the Wildstorm one was City Boy. He also had um, one in Wildstorm. Yeah, cool. in the okay. Wildstorm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... 
No, I mean, this is probably the one that I'm least intrigued by out yeah. of the three, just because Alyssa Wong's less of a, a known factor to me. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though, um, based on this cover and based on the short from one of the Lazarus Planet one-shots that we'll talk about mm-hmm. a little bit about later, uh, is tying in Cassandra Kane to make me a little bit more curious is a genius move, because they're like, yep. hey, this is a new character, uh, you're maybe not in love with the concept yet, but you like Cassandra Kane. So yeah. because she's involved, you're going to want to read it. So the, the, the that that might be, turn out to be a genius little move to get us invested. And then, yep. you know... Because I was in the same way. I was like, oh, that's a, a new magic character? Okay. All right. And then, oh, Cass is there. Yeah. Okay. But when, um, when they brought in Cass and, or tying her, because you know, she is also an Asian character yeah. and it makes sense to tie her into yep. kind of this line. Uh, that was like, okay, you know what? You've, you've kind of got me a little bit curious now. And uh, so more on the, the setup, like, short story later, later but uh yeah to start mm-hmm. with though uh interesting uh the next one is and these have all got like a kind of a similar banner at the top of their front covers uh the next mm-hmm. one is the vigil uh and this is a, a team book and this comes from uh ram v writing who we, you know we love on this show so this was this was always a no-brainer to try if nothing else uh art by lalit kumar sharma and this is a team i believe of indian characters um, and again, they had a short story in one of the Lazarus Planet books, which we'll which we've went back and kind of looked at uh, for this episode. Um, so yeah, it's like three characters who all have very different abilities. Uh, really cool. There's a, there's a cover here that's like a, a pin board with different newspaper clippings that is gorgeous. Uh, it makes me think of like a like a like a Mitch Garrod's like crime book or something like that, or um. Maybe even I don't know. Even maybe even a little bit of Ram V's own Catwoman uh, run. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe a lot of those vibes. There's there's a bit of intrigue going on that's not just superhero. Like there's yeah, you know, like underworld kind of stuff at play yeah. here. I mean, honestly, I don't even know what I think about this because like it's Ram V. Like mm-hmm. obviously, I'm in. I'm trying it. There's no question. Yep. Uh, so I mean, that's why I originally uh, read that story a couple weeks back because uh, it was Ram V. And then when I opened it up and it was Jason Todd, I went, oh, caught by, <laughs> caught by my own bug. And then, you know, yeah, we'll, more we'll talk that. about it. Yeah, more than that later. We'll talk about uh, it. But yeah, so very curious about this because him doing a a team book, the last time he had done a team was Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. So I'm so used to him just doing solo type stuff. And although he seems like kind of have a team mentality on his Detective Comics run with the way that he's interspersing all these different characters. So, um but yeah, this seems fun. Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm into it. And then the third book uh, is City Boy, uh, which is from Greg Pak, who we've not seen at DC in quite some time. Um, outside of maybe like a short an anthology book or something like that. You know, I, I like one of my few bright spots uh, of the New Fifty Two was when Pak was writing action. Like, I, you know, I enjoyed that. Like, it was like three trades worth, but I really enjoyed that period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a time when I wasn't enjoying a lot of DC. Uh, so I am super excited to have Greg Pak back writing something. Uh, we've got Minkayu Jung uh, on the art for this as well. Uh, and this is a kind of an interesting character uh, who kind of like sees the history of things he touches uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the city. Uh, so more and more on this a little bit later again with the uh, the setup story in the Lazarus Planet one shot. But uh, So what I like here is it says that, you know, like he... Depending on the cities, and there's different avatars of the cities, mm. and that's something that I didn't pick up on. I thought that was just maybe a companion of his, you know. So like, you know, the Gotham one's a rat avatar made out of scraps, but what about Metropolis, Bloodhaven, Amnesty Bay, or even Themyscira? 
So um, I like that, it, that it's playing with the different, you know. It's kind of building his own little mythology around yeah. his powers. Like I think out of all the new characters, his powers seem the most interesting to me. Yeah. Out of the characters, but mm-hmm. um, much like the Ram V book, I was like, oh, it's pack. Like I'm trying it. Like there's mm-hmm. no question. Um, yeah. So no, this is this is a cool little line of books that they're they're starting off in May. Yeah. And. You know, we'll see if any of the characters stick beyond these miniseries, you know, because, you know, they've done this in the past. Like, at the time since we started this show, we had that new age of DC heroes, and I really like Sideways and Silencer and that, but they've, mm-hmm. they've mostly not been around. Like, Sideways has been in a couple of panels and, like, a, you know, yeah. in Dark Crisis or whatever, but other than that, they've mostly just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so, um, we'll see. Yeah, Sideways is teaming up with Red Canary over there, so, um, yeah, that's the last time I remember. And Silencer, shoot. I haven't seen Silencer since that Nightwing story. That's right, you know, yeah. When, he was, that, that, when that, he was doing the race with Ben Percy. That was right before Rick Grayson. That was the last couple yep. issues before that. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, um, and that was yeah. that was what drove Percy away from DC, if I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know if they ever said that. It was never confirmed. But that was just no. timeline-wise. Timeline-wise, he was writing Nightwing, and then all of a sudden, yeah. this Rick Grayson shit had to happen, and all of a sudden, he wasn't writing DC anymore. He's like, I'm out. I'm going to go tell stories of actual werewolves and just tie them into Wolverine, you know? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's just some speculation on my part, but I'm I'm sticking to it, mm-hmm. damn it. Uh, all right, next up, if I can scroll past the 50 covers, is yeah. Batman issue 135, which they're also noting here, the legacy yeah. numbering of is issue 900. Uh, which is cool. You know, I, I I really do would appreciate if like these longer running books did have the legacy numbering on them, especially mm-hmm. since they're not as convoluted as some Marvel books, and you can actually easily go and just work this out that it's correct. Because I I stopped a while ago, but there was a time when I was keeping track of what numbering was actually at, and like the books. And I remember when Flash and Wonder Woman hit seven fifty, and they chose to actually you know change to that. Mm-hmm. Um. I was like, yeah, I can confirm. Like, I, my own personal tracking of this puts them at that. Whereas sometimes when Marvel have done it, they've been including annuals and they've been including, like, side stories and, like, uh, miniseries that tied in. And I'm like, nah, that's that's cooking the books. Like, mm-hmm. as much as DC have changed the numbers, and you can argue if you want if they should even consider this issue 900, like, it is just purely, you know, Batman issue 1 through, like, 700-something, and then, like, the New 52 book, and then the mm-hmm. Rebirth book, and that's it. That's the three books, and they make up this number, and it adds yeah. up. So, yeah. Uh, so they're doing, obviously, uh, a big special 56-page, $7 issue for issue 900, which, you know, they're always going to do with these uh, these things. Uh, so, yeah. That's cool. There's some nice covers there. There's a good Behermo cover with uh, Batman and Joker on top of a, a building, which I quite yeah. like. With the, with the gargoyle Joker-esque face. Yep, yep. On, on the building, so it looks pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So this will be, obviously, whatever app we get after this multiverse arc uh, in, in Batman right now, this is probably going to be in the next arc, uh, I would assume, because it's talking about Red Mask and... Well, no, it may actually still be the same No, arc. Red Mask is in, in that story, yeah. Batman yeah. versus Red Mask and a brutal Gotham. Uh, that, yeah, this is the conclusion, yeah, okay. This is the mm-hmm. final part of that story. Interesting, interesting. So, so we've got at least another... Like four issues yep. of that, then okay. All right, all right. Um, well, I, ho- I hope it sticks a landing. I, I hope it does because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm kind of mixed on the story right now, so I'm hoping it it, it lands and does something special for that big, yeah. fi- that big, uh, you know, anniversary size issue. So cool. Uh, next up, we have that's a lot of Power Girl covers. We have Power yeah. Girl special issue one. 
uh, written by Leah Williams and art by uh, Margaret Savage, which I can tell you right now, I'm not reading this because Margaret Savage's art is not for me. I'm just going to say it right and, now. Uh, and I am enjoying the story from Leah Williams, so I will be checking this out. You're more than welcome to. Yep. Uh, this is this is actually a week five book, so I think this is the first week five book with it, but, so we'll probably get a couple of annuals cool. and specials later on. Yeah, so this is a special, it says, so um, I feel like they're just testing the waters, but... Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying that back up in action, um, and from what we had in the Lazarus Planet, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not for me, but that's okay. Uh, that's Power Girls Special Issue 1. Uh, next up, uh, we have Green Arrow Issue 2, so obviously this is starting in April, this is the Joshua Williamson uh, run of Green Arrow. Uh, it is only a six-issue miniseries, uh, who knows though, maybe it'll get the Poison Ivy treatment yeah. where it gets extended, it's always possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, it is a shame that they can't just assume that Green Arrow will, uh, you know, do well enough to be an ongoing. But, you know, those are the times we live in. Uh, so, very cool. Uh, then, of course, we have Nightwing, uh, mm-hmm. issue 104. Uh, oh, my God, that? this cover. Which one? With the, the the first cover, I think it's... Uh, yeah, that's Redondo? Oh, yeah, um, it's just the meme. It's the, yeah, the guy... Uh, yeah. who's like, looking all suave and the guy in the front with his hands yep. in his face yeah yeah yep. okay and just beast boy with that face is, is cracking me up <laughs> so. yeah, it's quite it's quite good oh, yeah. i'll give you that is uh, it that swagger nah that's just good that's good uh so cool um and there's a backup in nightwing now uh, Ooh. yeah uh oh, nightwing and john kent that should be fun yeah i uh, love that i love their relationship and it's notable, uh, yeah, the backup's written by C.S. Picat with art by Eduardo Pansica. Uh, the main story's Tom Taylor, obviously, uh, with Travis Moore in this particular issue. Yeah, and, and C.S. Picat, I think, did the Bitewing story in the Nightwing annual. Oh, where, okay, really? Okay. Where, yeah, I think, I, I, might, I might have that wrong. They might have been the one after that, but I think it was the Bitewing. It kind of feels uh, like where... they've uh, promoted Nightwing here. Like, it could just yeah. because, you know, typically it's Batman, Superman, and some of those books that have mm-hmm. the backups and are the dollar extra. It's I think it's interesting that Nightwing's now seen as to be that caliber. Yeah. Uh, because you know why, DC? Because everyone loves Dick. And if That's that video right. wasn't so stubborn for years, you'd know yeah. this by now. You'd have known it years ago. So, yes. Thank you. And kindly. Dick sells. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, all right, I'm scrolling past a lot of Superman covers here. Superman, issue four. Joshua Williamson, Jamal Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, not surprising. Uh, there's an issue of... I assume that's Brainiac on, like, a, a operating table just with mad science shit. Bizarro. Oh, Bizarro, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yes. I said Brainiac. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Bizarro, yeah, of course. Uh, that looks really cool. I also quite like the uh, the main cover with the the... The claw coming through the cape. It's very, very. The kryptonite claw. Yes, but so, so, so it's kind of it's very infinity gone. Like where each nail is a yeah. different color of kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, I figured you'd have liked the the streaky cover too. Uh, oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, that's cute. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's thing. So. Yeah. No. I'm at Williamson doing uh, new new villains because that was a thing in. Uh, in Green Arrow 2, uh, introducing another new villain, and now here he's introducing Kryptonite Claw. Like, I always joke that Williamson is kind of Jeff Wait, Johnson. wait, 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 wait. That's the but, name? I, I thought you just said that, because that's what it looked like. No. no His it's, name it's, is Kryptonite, Kryptonite Claw. Claw. With two Ks. <laughs> yeah, Claws with also a K. Um, 
I was just saying, like... Ah, the they, Mortal Kombat school of spelling, I see. That is. Uh, so, <laughs> the thing is with, with Williamson is he is Johns-esque, and not just because of a long, lengthy run in Flash, but, like, Johns love to create new villains to put uh, the heroes against. Uh, and and here's, a, you know, Williamson doing something similar in all of his books. So Oh, man. This uh, <laughs> Cyborg Superman cover for, uh, yeah. for what well, I assume is action. I've not scrolled down yet, yep. but... Uh, action Comics 1055 uh, with that phenomenal cover. Uh, main story by Philip K. De Johnson, Dan Jurgens, and then Dorado Quick. So it's not the Power Girl story anymore in action. Mm-hmm. The third one's a different story. So, interesting. Hank Henshaw? Let's see. What's the backup? Looking... I don't think it specifically says anything about the... They, they don't. They don't say what it's going to be. It's yeah. just... I mean, know. I assume the Dan Jurgens one's just more of the... Uh... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I figured. But I want to see what yeah. the new one was um but yeah no it doesn't mention no uh so that's cool it's worth mentioning you know action comics is five dollars uh the same as the other books with backups but action comics actually has two backups yeah so you actually get eight more pages for the same price as you do uh Mm -hmm. you know batman or nightwing yeah uh just it's it's like there's very few wins in these days with more books being five dollars but i feel like that's one that's uh yeah they threw you a bone (laughs) They they could have charged an extra dollar for that if they wanted to, and it would be annoying, but they could have yes. done. Don't give them ideas. Well, DD is not charging more, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, then we have Adventures of Superman, John Ken, issue three, uh, which, you know, obviously we heard some stuff about this mm-hmm. earlier uh, in the month with uh, the Injustice stuff coming into play. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm sad that Clayton Henry's doing the art, but you can't, you can't win everything mm-hmm. in life, so. True. <laughs> I'll just move on. Uh, and then next up, we have Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, issue two. I forgot this was coming out, to be honest. But... I was just letting my wife know like how good I've been on spending uh, money <laughs> on comics. And now they're dropping all these super books in, oh. in, in May and April. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, man, 16th of May is going to be busy. I've been noticing that date a lot in these books. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, issue two. Kenny Porter with Janoy Lindsay. Uh, uh, on the art mm-hmm. so that's that uh, and then we have uh unstoppable doom patrol issue three uh by dennis culver and chris burnham uh i'm looking forward to this in fact i'm looking forward to it more because of a story in uh lazarus thingy this week so uh yep. that's lazarus planet i actually forgot the title lazarus thingy no it's <laughs> lazarus, lazarus thingy, thingy. From no one. uh so that's cool uh, and yeah that's a nice conversation hey, and you got some green lanterns Popping up. Yeah, specifically oh. Kylan Guy, by the looks of yeah. it, on the covers. The best one and the worst one, and that is a true statement for for either of us. No, Jessica's my favorite. K- Kyle's my second really? favorite. Over Kyle? Yeah, Jessica first, Kyle second. Okay, alright. Yeah. Jessica, then Kyle, then... Uh, I don't know, I'd have to think about the middle, but Guy's yeah. at the bomb. Yeah, Guy's right. definitely the bomb. Right. 50, 50, 50 pounds of dirt. all right uh next up we got harley quinn issue 30 uh by teeny howard and sweeney boo is that a frisian that is a frisian cover Uh, is that the one that's intentionally margot robbie yes yeah okay with all the pastels and yeah yeah yep yep yep. uh then we have new milestone well, we have New Talent Showcase, the yeah, Maelstone okay. Initiative, issue one. So this is, uh, so they've done this in the past. It's been a while, I feel mm-hmm. like, but they, they did this, uh, they've done this mm-hmm. at least two or three times since we started the show, which is, it's one of these 100 page, in this case, 112 pages, so they're going all out for this one. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's basically just like, you know, in this case, it's 12 stories by 12 writers and artists who are upcoming through the the, like the DC school, whatever they call it. I can't remember what they mm-hmm. call the damn thing. Uh, but... Well, it's, a, it's the writing initiative. That's there, where... There you go, the writing initiative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's all, it's all new people. Um, and we've tried this in the past, and it is on the week five... I still suspect I won't want to read this, but I, I appreciate what it is, though. I appreciate that it's this chance for all these. I appreciate that it, yeah, it's there. It says it's only four dollars. I don't know if it's a misprint or four four dollars for one hundred twelve pages. I mean, that's that's one way to sell it. <laughs> it's here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if if there's not too much else going on, I might want to. Although I don't, I'm not that well versed on milestone characters. Like I, I know who Hardware is and yeah. Rocket and Icon, but. The rest of, and static, but the rest of them I'm not too sure. But yeah, I don't want to overcommit to anything. But four dollars for 112 pages. The the part of me that likes a deal is, is there. <laughs> and it's got yeah. a, a Dennis Cowan cover, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I I know that because of the quality in this is going to vary all over the place because it's all yeah. these new people. Like, and the fact that I barely know any of these characters means that I don't think yeah. I'm going to bother. But I appreciate that it exists. I think it's a nice idea for to do this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, sticking with some milestone stuff, we have Static Shadows of Dakota issue four, so that's uh, ongoing. Uh, well, it's not; it's a mini series. We know what I mean it's continuing, is what I meant to say. Uh, there we have Batman White Knight presents Generation Joker issue one. So this is a a six issue mini series in the White Knight sort of universe. So cool. This has become its its own thing at this point. Which oh, is absolutely. Kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind know? of it seems to always have a mini series. You know, it'll do mm-hmm. its its six to eight issues mini series, then yeah. the next one will start up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's playing with its own continuity here, and yeah, that's uh, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, then we got some Peacemaker stuff here. A lot. Of, yeah. This has got a lot of covers. So we got Peacemaker tries hard <laughs> issue one. That's actually a pretty good title. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty good title. Uh, written by Kel Starks and art by Steve Pugh. This is a six-issue miniseries, so this is issue one of six. Um, and yeah, having earned his release from the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker wants to try and do normal superhero stuff for a change. Unfortunately, everyone, including the bad guys, thinks he sucks at superhero stuff. But when busting <laughs> up a terrorist ring introduces Christopher Smith to the cutest thing ever, uh, walk awkwardly in four legs, he finds unconventional love he's been denied his whole life. That is, until the dog is kidnapped right out from under him by a supervillain who has some very unsuperheroic plans for Peacemaker's brand of ultraviolence. While he helped an infamously unstable superpowered criminal steal the world's most valuable and dangerous DNA, honestly, Christopher's pretty lonely, so it probably just depends on how nicely they ask. So, yeah, Peacemaker miniseries. Obviously, Peacemaker's characters, like, Cash, Cache, has moved up a lot. Because of the TV show, because he was in the Suicide Squad movie, so, and it seems like it's that version. Because I wasn't that familiar with Peacemaker up up until Suicide Squad, and they made him Cena, and now it seems like that iteration is bleeding its way back into comics. Which I love when when stuff works yeah. like that. And I've not seen a single person say they're upset that Peacemaker's changed, which tells me there wasn't really a big fan base for yeah. him beforehand. Yeah. Well, I mean, all up until uh, he showed up at Suicide Squad, the only thing I knew about Peacemaker was. That's who the comedian was based on for Watchmen. Yeah. Speaking of Suicide Squad, we have Suicide Mm. Squad Kill Arkham Asylum issue one. This is a five-issue miniseries starting in May. Uh, There's a couple of really good covers for this, actually. There's the one that uh, they're all in chains and the bat signal's behind them. That looks gorgeous. It's Deadshot, Killer Shark. Uh, I assume that's Boomerang uh, and Harley? The blonde hair? 
I don't know. Yeah, he's at the sideburns. He's at the yeah. chops. I would assume that. Uh, and then there's the other one with Killer Shark, like just about yeah. baiting a guy's head. That is gorgeous. The Steve, that Steve Beach cover. Steve, that is that is supposed to. Really... Yeah, Steve Beach usually delivers. I have to say, Steve mm-hmm. Beach covers are usually phenomenal. Uh, John Layman. Yeah, so this is John Layman writing with uh, Jesus Hervas on the R. I'll just read. I'll read this since it's new. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Uh, before the Suicide Squad kills your favorite heroes in the upcoming video game. Oh, this is a video game uh, related thing. Uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League is coming out, uh, of course, in May, which is why this is starting. Uh, join us for the thrilling prequel and witness them kill Arkham Asylum. Amanda Waller is taking control of the recently rebuilt Arkham Asylum, and her brutal tactics and merciless methods have led to the most secure asylum Gotham has ever known. But when cell doors open and the inmates are left to a free-for-all deathmatch, Waller's true intentions reveal themselves. Identify the strongest, smartest, and most brutal inmates of the asylum to serve on our Task Force X. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Waller's got ulterior motives. You can't trust her. I'm a little bit bummed this is just a video game thing, actually, because the yeah. uh, the covers uh, look really nice. But, uh, I mean, it makes sense. They usually do these when the big movies or uh, video games are coming out. Yep. So, uh, fair enough. Uh, I remember reading the one for Arkham City back in, like, 2011. Uh, just just before the new Fifty Two launch that summer, they had uh, mm-hmm. Arkham City one through five come out. Uh, so next up, we got the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country: The Glass House issue two. So this is the next James Tynan issue with art by Alessandro uh, Estherin. So cool. Uh, and then we have oh that white cover with the the, the red Batman logo over the Joker mm-hmm. smile. Oh baby, that that is a very nice very nice image. Uh, Batman, the Joker, the Deadly Duel, issue seven. Obviously, I'm not reading this, but that cover is very no. nice. <laughs> that cover and the Mignola one above it, it's, it's like, I understand that people don't like Mignola's art, but it's very of, of a style, and I like that. Yeah, so this is issue seven of seven. So this is the final issue of the miniseries. Uh, and it's a 40-page, $6 book. I don't know if they've all been that size, but the final one is. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, and then next up, we have, well, this is not a book, but we have the Sandman Morpheus Hell Masterpiece yeah. Edition. This is, uh, oh, no, it is a book. It's a yeah. 2,872-page hardcover. Good Lord, don't drop that on your toe. Oh, it's Ooh. okay. It's, it's not all one book. It's like it's like, no. it's like six books in a set. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's better. Because that's too thick. Like That omnibus spine would just break if, if it was actually yeah. that size. Uh, thousand pages. Good like lord. Fifteen hundreds about the absolute max, and I think that's a bit too big. I think I think twelve hundreds your your comfortable max. But some DC omnibuses have been like fifteen hundred pages, and they're just a little too unwieldy. But uh, yeah, six volumes collecting the Sandman issues one to seventy five, the Dream Hunters Overture. Uh, you know, so it's basically all the stuff that's in the uh, absolutes. Yeah. I, th- I think. Uh, and six sort of deluxe size hardcovers with like a weird like helmet that goes around them as a sort of yeah. uh, you know collectible. Yeah. So yeah, this thing uh, looks insane, and it costs five hundred of your US dollars. So yeah, that's a, that's a steep price. I mean, but that's a lot of books. I mean, it's effectively two regular omnibuses, which would probably cost about two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Probably, I mean, these days probably two fifty. So you're probably paying about two fifty for the the mask thing that goes around mm-hmm. them, just to put it in perspective. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, next up, Human Target Book Two, uh, by Tom King. Uh, Obviously, my issues. Yeah. Yeah, this is the fire one coming from behind the curtain. Yeah. 
this is uh, obviously just the second half. This is 7 mm-hmm. through 12. Um, did the uh, did the one shot go in the first volume? Uh, must have. Must have done, yeah. Yeah, uh, but fair enough uh so that's coming out uh this is a hardcover it's not oversized though so i guess they're saving yeah. for that you know that 13 issue deluxe hardcover yeah. at some point uh swamp thing green hell hardcover has been solicited which means issue three must be on the way <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah this is uh this is set up for uh uh august so yeah cool mm-hmm. um 150 pages that's all three issues uh, we'll talk about issue two a little bit later. Uh, Suicide Squad Get Joker. This is the Brian Azzarello book. This is the, the soft cover. The hardcover came out a while ago. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, Batman versus Robin. Uh, this is the Mark Wade book. Um, which that is continuing. So it's interesting yeah. that doesn't say volume one. I'm scrolling down a lot from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, keep that up, man. Right? Yeah, because it is coming back. Like it is going to have an issue, you know, five and unless it just is. I mean, it's two hundred and forty-eight pages, so maybe it just maybe it's maybe it's not going to last that much longer. Yeah, maybe not because it says it doesn't say it doesn't say what it includes. No, so yeah, hard, hard to hard to judge. Maybe it's just a miss. Maybe it's, maybe it's may say volume one that just doesn't. Right, but... right. Uh, then we have Gotham uh, Knights Gilded City, which was the t- the the tie into the last video game that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the just it's a hardcover. Interesting. I wasn't I wouldn't expect that to get a hardcover, but there it is. Uh, Batman the Knight uh, hardcover coming out. Uh, that's all t- ten issues of that bad boy. And then we got Punchline the Gotham game collected edition. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, we have Batman One Bad Day Catwoman hardcover. Uh, so it's basically just yeah. the story plus some extras, That's, I guess. Yeah, all of these with the box set uh, solicited at the bottom. Yes, um, yes. Uh, yeah, it has all the rest of the ones basically that haven't mm-hmm. come out yet. Uh, so yeah, and then you, you, oh, you can buy a box set that actually has all the books in it because because yeah. there was also a solicit where you could just get the box set with the first few volumes and then you'd have to buy yeah. the rest of the hardcovers separately. Yeah, with it, it came with an empty box. Yeah. So it's nice to know that they're selling one that actually has all the books, which, to be honest, mm-hmm. is probably the way to buy it just to get them all. Because most, I would say at this point, I'm comfortable saying that enough of them are worth having that you might as well just get the whole set. Mm-hmm. So uh, we still have a couple to to get to, admittedly, uh, one coming very soon. But uh, there's that. Then we have uh, an original graphic novel, which is uh, Young Alfred. <laughs> yeah. Young Alfred Payne and the Butler, which is a, that's a good title. I can't deny it's a good title. No, no. Uh, so that's cool. And then we also have uh, Teen Titan series uh, connecting cover editions. So I think this is the previous released young graphic, young adult graphic yeah. novels, just in a new sort of set of covers. Yeah. Plus, it's a, I didn't know um, they were doing Robin this team together. Mm. Um, so it's got Robin, Raven, Beast Boy, Raven, and then Beast Boy. And this is a connecting covers edition. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, we got Superman Camelot Falls, the deluxe edi- edition. Uh, this is the Kurt Busiek and uh, mm-hmm. art by Carlos Piccolo and Jesus Marino. Um, f- and this is from Superman 654 to 58, yep. 662 to 64, and 667. This was right after Infinite Crisis, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read this, actually. Yeah. So. Uh. 
but cool. Oh. Yeah, it's another uh, story from the, the 2000s collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crisis on Multiple Earths Book 3. Uh, soft cover version, so that's just more of a reprint. Uh, deceased box set with all the deceased books so far. And soft cover and a slipcase. Uh, $100 for 760 pages. Quick way to collect all of them if you want yeah. them. Uh, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Omnibus. Now, this is an interesting one. So this is uh, basically the three miniseries that uh, mm-hmm. James Tynan uh, did. Well, he did the first one at least, maybe the first two. It also has Ryan Ferrier listed, yeah. so he probably did the third one. Uh, Freddie Williams the second did the art in the first one, at least maybe the first two. I said, and the reason why I'm not sure is because I've read the first one, but not the, the, the sequels. Not the follow-ups. Uh, but the first one was very good. I actually, like, I watched the animated movie recently and it made me want to go back and read the, the other two because I, I was like, oh, this is actually really fun and I was reminded why I liked it so I much. Went to wa- I went to watch that on HBO Max and they don't have it. That's not so, a surprise. They, they've been dumping so, so many yeah, things. Yeah, but there, every, every other Batman animated movie they had that was a, so I wonder if it was a right thing because of Ninja Turtles, like they couldn't put it up. I don't think that. Honestly, Matt, at this point, yeah. random things are leaving constantly from HBO Max. I would, I would, I would not judge it on anything. Uh, I'm sure it's available on something though. Oh uh, yeah, no, I have it on Blu-ray. I was, I was at work. And, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was away. So no, but this is an interesting omnibus to get, to be honest. Uh, so it's 576 pages. It's only 18 issues, but nice big mm-hmm. deluxe hardcover if you're into it. Uh, I can recommend the first one, and I want to read the others. So, cool. Uh, all right, we're finally back to single issues here because they keep. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. They uh, did this weird on the site. Well, no, they've been doing this recently though, where they've been putting Have like a, a set, not all of the collections, but they've been putting like a, a selection of them in the middle before they get to the rest mm-hmm. of the single issues. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we're back. Girls issue eighteen. Um, so that's cool. Uh, we're back to Robbie Rodriguez on art for this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Saints are back, so that's bringing back some characters from the first arc. But yeah, some cool, uh, some cool covers for this one as yep. well. Uh, I'm into it. Um, so more. Did you read the? Did you catch up on Batgirls? I did. Oh, cool, cool. So I'll be joining uh, in. Yeah. Well, the last one from last month was easy to catch up on because it was a silent oh, yeah. issue. It was, it was mostly silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Up until the end, where there's some, uh, yeah. there's some narration of a letter. Could could fly through that, but yeah, yep. that's cool. Oh yeah. Uh, I was able to get two comics in that lunch break because of that one. <laughs> so, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, then we got Batman 181 facsimile edition. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be getting this just to hang on my wall. So. Oh, because Poison Ivy's on the cover. I was like, why? Ivy. It's the I was first like, appearance. I was yes. like, why? Why? You don't get by these. I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah. And then I saw the it's cover. Got, it's got my lady. Uh, we have Batman Incorporated issue eight. Uh, I, I am shocked that's an ongoing. I, I yep. honestly thought that was like a six issue mini. Uh, then we got Batman The Adventures Continues Season 3 Issue 5. Bit of a mouthful, but it's accurate as to what it is. Uh, more interesting, though, after that, we have Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 15 with Dan Mora on the art again, which is nice. Maybe he was in the last one, but like, he was, they, they definitely missed an arc. Um, that first cover is gorgeous with Batman yep. and Superman. Uh, it's absolutely stunning. Uh, is that Mora? I believe yeah, it is. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, it, it's got really interesting coloring that makes it look mm-hmm. different to his other work. But it is this gorgeous. Sure. Uh, so yeah, no, cool stuff. Um, yeah, and we've got some Professor Ivo stuff in this one. So neat. Yeah, and some someone named Ultramorpho. So I'm wondering if they're playing with Metamorpho. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Black Adam issue 11, which is the penultimate issue of that Black Adam series. Gotta, I gotta get caught up on that. 
I will eventually. Yeah, then we got Catwoman, uh, which of course has like five covers. Uh, is issue 55, Teeny Howard writing Nico Leon on the art. Uh, and to be fair, the art was good. Like, uh, my problem was just the writing with that book. The art was... Yeah. Uh, the art was solid when we tried this run. Uh, and then we have Danger Street, which looks like a box of cereal with Dark Side that, on the cover. If you just saw me chuckle, guys, that that's why I scrolled <laughs> down. I was not expecting cartoon Dark Side. Uh, oh, Vitamin yeah. D! Oh, that's so funny. Yep. <laughs> Vitamin yep. D for Dark Side. Get it? Uh, yep. uh, it's naturally fruit flavored. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, so that's issue six of uh, Danger Street. Uh, obviously, more on issue three later. Oh, it's uh, got a, it, yeah, it's got a Shainer cover with the dingbats on there, which looks pretty cool. Yeah, but I neat. can't believe that that's Fornes doing the the cover with Darkside. It just box. goes to it just goes to show that yeah. like an artist can change their style, and I think yeah. if anything as well, the coloring also is doing yeah. a lot there because there's all these flat oh, colors. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. Uh. All right, next up, uh, do we actually have an issue of Dark Knights of Steel? Yeah, we do. Issue yeah, 11. number 11. Uh, I feel like every issue like has had like at least two or three months between them recently. Mm-hmm. Like None of them have been back-to-back. It's been but I do, I do remember how the last one ended, so I'm excited to see. I don't, pick up here. but I'll remember when I look at the next issue. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, so that, that's almost going to be done, because uh, that's like 11 of 12. Then we got DC Ruby issue 4. Obviously, we don't have much to say on that. Uh, then we have Detective Comics 1072, uh, which is uh, obviously Ram V and Federici, uh, which is exciting. Federici, uh, mm-hmm. of course, has been has been doing great work. Uh, so, very nice. Uh, Fables 160, uh, which is issue 10 of 12, which is weird to say. I get what they mean, though. I kind of appreciate yeah. that they can bring it back for like a, a, a mini-series, but... Mm-hmm. Just call it the you know the next numbers. Like I'm all I'm all for that. Uh, Icon versus Hardware issue four. Uh, and then we have Just Society of America issue five. Sorry, issue six. I mean to say, uh, mm-hmm. with Jeff Johns and Michael Yannin. Uh, some nice Huntress covers, yep. particularly the second one, which is the Paquette cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, is good. Uh, then we have Looney Tunes two seven two, Mad Magazine thirty two. Uh, we have Multiversity. Harley screws up the DCU issue three. This is the Frank Thierry book. It's the cover. I always, I always pop for a uh, action comics number one where they get the guy, mm. you know, and they put someone in that spot, and it's Harley this time. So, yeah. Uh, then we have your beloved Poison Ivy issue yep. twelve uh, with Wilson and Takara. So. Yeah, neat. And we already, yeah. you know, that was announced earlier this month that it's officially going to go beyond yep. that. So that's cool. Uh, and then we have Superman Lost issue three. This is the Christopher Priest Superman book, mm-hmm. which is uh, 10 issues long. This is issue three of 10. So. And yeah. cover with, with him. I think that's a Lee Weeks cover. Oh, uh, but he's sitting at the, uh, the yeah, desk. Yeah, at the desk. Yeah, he oh. looks all sad. I'm, yeah. I'm going to need that. That's a good cover. Oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we got the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue eight. So uh, it's fake Scooby Doo gang across from them. Okay, we got Flash and Mister Terrific in like a uh, like with the the bubbles on you know, the glass bubbles on their yeah. head. Uh, like, uh, either Deep Space or DC Deep Sea. Yeah, one. it's it's like a, it's an old school fifties Deep Space mm-hmm. like pulpy nonsense. Uh, 
Oh, there's some nice. Fl- oh, that Flash family cover where they're all running. Yes, it is together. Oh, baby, rushing, rushing together. So yeah, this is a Flash issue seven nine eight. Oh, I didn't realize we were so close to eight hundred. Oh my. Uh, yeah, me neither. So obviously they're building up to something big for issue eight hundred. Then uh-huh. there's no way they're not. No. Has it been that long since seven fifty? Or I mean, I, I, okay, technically Flash has been like double shipping for a couple months, but it's still, it's still mm-hmm. though. That's still a yeah. while since seven fifty. Like time's flying by. My 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 my. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy Adams still writing. Uh, yeah, very cool. Um, and we're still double shipping uh, in May because we also have, we also have seven nine nine. Yeah, which you know it does have some nice covers, but none of them are as nice as that one from the uh, from seven nine eight. But uh, cool all the same. Um, yeah. So yeah, building up to something big. Uh, Granny goodness mm-hmm. is involved. Uh, probably my favorite cover of that batch actually for that issue is uh, the the one with Granny goodness with uh, mm-hmm. Wally and like restraints. But uh, yeah, really cool stuff. So it's interesting that it stayed double shipping, isn't it? Yeah, you know we said that well, last month. They, I think but... maybe once they got into the you know the groove of it, they're just gonna let it go until eight hundred. Yeah, maybe it's just till eight hundred. Maybe once they get hit eight hundred, they'll slow back down again. But uh, yeah. that's kind of cool. Uh, See what you did there. Yeah. Uh, Joker, the man who stopped laughing. That last cover is pretty good uh, for that. The mm-hmm. one inside the mouth. <laughs> yes. Very it's, creepy. So Matina cover, I think, actually. It looks Matina-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's very cool. Uh, and then we have uh, the Sandman Universe Dead Boy Detectives issue six. Uh, so, cool. I'm not going to even try and say the guy's name, because uh, there's no way I can. <laughs> uh, Tim Drake, Robin, issue nine, uh, up next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that was a mini as well, but there, there it is. Oh, issue, issue nine, still going. Very cool. Uh, Waller versus Wildstorm, issue two. Uh, I guess this is why these things that get, gets announced and I forget exist, so then we get to issue mm-hmm. two and I'm like, wait, what? This exists? Uh, this is a black label four-issue uh, book, so this is issue two. So prestige size... Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I mean the page count's not actually any bigger. It's just pre- it's prestige, I think, in a uh, page size, but not in uh, mm-hmm. thingy. But um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Uh, Wildcats issue seven. Uh, that's still going, and then we have a Wonder Woman seven nine nine. So that's also about issue issue eight hundred. It's mm-hmm. a shame we've uh, all fallen off that. Uh, yeah. So it means we, it means we can't we don't get to celebrate issue eight hundred. Although I'm sure it's going to be like a hundred page, you know. Yeah, well, this has art by the dog by Terry Dotson in it, so mm-hmm. yeah, I might I might check this out just because of that. But um, well, because it what's, seems what's well, interesting. Two part. Yeah, it says this is a two part, so it's a two part mm-hmm. celebration of Wonder Woman. So obviously, eight hundred is going to be a bigger part of it, but right, that is that is kind of weird. That makes it harder to just sort of jump into read issue eight hundred yep. to celebrate it. That is, that's yep. a bit of a shame. Uh, but uh. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they announce a new a new creative team soon. Maybe I'm just I'm based on my bias. I'm hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read Wonder Woman again. You know? Yeah. No, I I don't I don't you know I don't disagree. That's why. And then I saw Dotson's art. I was like, oh, this is the time. And then it said, oh, dang. Yeah, it's all the same team. Uh, so that's the end of the single issue. So just to wrap up with the last of the collections, we have Absolute Batman Court of Owls, um, which is issues one to 11 uh of uh the new 52 batman series so uh speaks for itself basically uh then we have absolute preacher volume 2 which is a reprint this is a new edition because uh, they've done all these before but this is uh 
uh, volume 2, issues 27 through 40, plus a couple of uh, specials. Uh, Absolute Transmetropolitan uh, Volume 2. Again, they've done all these before. It's a new edition, the Warren Ellis book. Uh, then we have Batman Arkham Catwoman, uh, which is just a collection of like notable Catwoman stories. I like... These are kind of like coffee table books, and I, like, I kind of yeah. get why they exist as a sort of collection of stuff, but I would never actually want to just sit and read like a, a book like this. You know, just random no, issues. Yeah, it's random issues. It says it collects Greatest Tales from Batman number one, number 355, Catwoman from 89, 1 to 4, Catwoman 93, 54, Catwoman 2002, 25, Catwoman Secret Files and Origins 1, and Superman's Girlfriend Lois Lane, 70 and 71. So it's kind of just like a hodgepodge of... Yeah, it's just a collection of... Stories. But it's got a great. Uh, is that a Middleton cover? No, it says cover by Middleton, but the signature is not Middleton. So yeah, that looks. That doesn't look like no. Is it? No. No, but I like that cover. That cover is really yeah. nice. So. Um, and we got Batman Detective Comics Volume Two: Fear State. So this is the second mm-hmm. Tamaki volume and soft yep. cover. Then we got DC versus Vampires: All Out War Part One. What do you mean, part one? That's the miniseries. Yeah, but 128 pages, so I think that's only... Well, it's only six issues, right? That was a six-issue mini, yeah, but this is issues yeah. one to no. three. It collects one through three and DC versus Vampires Hunters. All right, so, yeah, oh, there was, yeah. like, two of those one-shots, so, oh, they're, they're kind yeah. of milking it then. by ha- They're doing, yeah. like, three issues and then one of the one-shots, yep. which is, like, an annual size, uh-huh. and then they're going to do it again for the second half. That, okay, yep. that's, that's kind of sketchy, DC. Like, couldn't you have just done one book that was, like, the miniseries and both one-shots yep. as, like, the main tie-in trade? No? Okay. Well, uh, I call shenanigans on that. DC Mech, uh, hardcover. Uh, they're really giving hardcovers to everyone these days, aren't they? <laughs> I wouldn't mm-hmm. have expected that. Uh, Deathstroke Inc., Volume 1, uh, by Williamson. Uh, Green Lantern Corps by uh, Tomasi and Gleason Omnibus, Volume 1. Yeah. Look at that. This is this is my era of Green Lantern. I love this book, uh, yeah. the core. So, so volume one, presumably of two. I don't think there's enough yes. for a third volume. Uh, so this is Recharge one through five, uh, Lantern Corps one through three. Skipping the Dave Gibbons story, which is is weird, which is um, four, five, and six, um, seven through thirty eight. Uh, isn't that because it ties into the main Green Lantern book though? It's like a crossover. No, that story. No, so this one does, but that other story did this weird undercover thing that doesn't really tie into the rest of Green Lantern. And I love that a lot because okay. it was so different. So, but it's missing that. And then it jumps back to seven through 38 Green Lantern, 21 through 25 Sinestro core special. So, so um, it's collecting all the Sinestro core war, which is interesting. Cause if you read the Jeff Johns, Green Lantern omnibus mm-hmm. alongside this, you'll have all those same issues again. So there's yep. a little bit of overlap there, but I guess mm-hmm. it's just so that you can read either one on its own without yep. feeling like you're missing what the main story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. It's got a couple of the Blackest Night uh, relevant issues as well. Um, yep. I mean, obviously that's nice to go along with the Green Lantern Omnibus uh, if you've got the the Johns collection. Yep. So that makes sense. Uh, I am Batman Volume One by John Ridley, paperback, uh, sort of Azrael soft cover, Teen Titans Go box set issue two, issue two box set volume two. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have the Flash Volume Eighteen. Search for Barry Allen. Wait, they're still numbering them from the start of Rebirth? We're so it on, seems like... We're on volume 18. They didn't renumber with Jeremy Adams? Whoa, that is nuts. Uh, but yeah, okay. 
So that's seven eighty to seven eight nine. It's actually quite a meaty trade, to be honest. Uh, it's t- ten issues, but cool. Uh, then a Joker, a puzzle box, a soft cover, uh, the unwritten compendium one, uh, by Mike Carey so and Peter Gross. Tim- yeah, is that Timmy Tim Tommy Taylor? Yeah. Of the yeah. Yeah, Young Justice Target, soft cover. that was that miniseries. And that wraps up. That's the end of the alphabet. <laughs> so that is Jeez. the solicits for me. Meaty. Yeah, it was a meaty set. There's a lot of new stuff in there. You got the Titans book. You, you got, um, mm-hmm. you know, the new Shazam book, uh, new Green Lantern book, plus those new Asian characters. There's three of those. Like, you know, mm-hmm. quite a meaty selection of books. Uh What's weird though is that there wasn't a lot for week five other than the two that I noticed, and neither one of which felt like ones that I would want to read. <laughs> yeah. Unless there was some other stuff for the, for those dates. I'll tell you what, I'll control F it. Let me. What date was yeah, that? Yeah, you it, control F it. It was like. Control F. Uh, 30. There we go. So Power, Girl, Power Girl Special is on week five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Talent Showcase is on week five. The Suicide Squad Kill Arkham Asylum issue one was on mm-hmm. week five. And then that's it. Damn, week five. Wow. We better think of something funny to do that week because yeah, there's right? bugger all out. <laughs> Oof, hopefully sometimes we'll get delayed. <laughs> Any week five. That's what we can hope for now. Um Okay. Alright, well that's the solicits. Uh cool. Alright. Oof. All right, so shall we talk about books? I feel like my voice needs a rest, but yeah. Yeah. Talk about the comic books that come out. Uh, so cool. Lazarus Planet, various is so. Basically, this section is Lazarus Planet catch up. Uh, uh, there's a couple of stories from a few of these over the last few weeks. We we kind of decided after the first two that we didn't really want to read all these one shots, but. What they've effectively, effectively acted as, for the most part, is that a lot of them are just stories that are setting up later things in the year, whether it be miniseries or new books or... Yeah, back, back in the day when I was reading Wizard Magazine, they would offer these mail-aways, right? And all you had to do was pay for postage. And they were zero issues. And they were like these um, promotionary-style things that, that the Marvel and DC usually would put out. These felt like zero issues. Yeah. Of, of the comics they're just little teases of of what's to come with these characters um, but it's a lot of them because it's like six or seven yeah. one shots over the space yeah. of two months yeah uh so we'll look at a story from legends reborn first mm-hmm. uh so we probably wouldn't rate any of these because we're, we're not doing nah. any full issues but uh so this is the city poi story that's in this by greg pack and mikhail yeah. young who are the team that are going to be on the the mini series yeah. that comes out starting in may uh, and it just it was the character arriving in the city um, and very quickly he touches the ground so he already has a power like he already has mm-hmm. part of his power because he touches the ground and he sees like kind of the almost like I don't want to say the blueprints but he sees like sort of like a it's you like know. a, a um, yeah, not a blueprint. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like it's like connections. It's just connections yeah. under the ground that like connected with the and he finds a batarang uh, mm-hmm. under a bench and then the, the the Lazarus rain kind of strikes him, and that's when this weird like rat made of trash forms in front of them, yeah. and uh, becomes kind of his little pet here. And yeah. uh, he ends up going down the ground, 
Which he can do, by the way, just by touching it. He kind of, I wouldn't say he phases through. It's more like he... Yeah. It's probably closer to... Uh, like it, what, it absorbs him, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of close to what Sand from like, GSA mm-hmm. kind of does, but not, yeah. not. it doesn't look the exact same, but it's kind of similar. No. Yeah. Kind of similar. Uh, Nightwing kind of catches wind of this and sort of follows him down at the sewer and uh, goes after him, tries to save him from drowning. Uh, but he's looking for this tiara down there, and when he touches it, he sees like, the history of it, and he sees this young woman who uh, loses it, it, it flies off into the water, uh, and she's then like arrested for losing it, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she spends time in jail, and now she's an old woman. And this is what he was here to do. So like, it's hooked to make us care about him and like him and see empathy in him, is that he's getting this to give to this old woman who's been miserable all these years, and he drops it off uh, at the end of the story. Uh, it's kind of a sweet moment. Uh, yeah. And he gives Nightwing his uh, batarang back because it was a real one. So uh, that's basically the story. Not, not before, if I remember right, right? Um, he gives him a, a ration a little bit of it not being as valuable or something. Like there's there's a quip that City Boy gives him. He's like, oh, you can have this back. I wouldn't get much for it anyways. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, shows his character a little bit. He's a bit of a hustler. You know, um, I got a little confused at the name because I trying to remember that character that we met in uh, in Ram V Swamp Thing that that like the the guy that could talk to cities, you know, because um, there was that whole part with the Parliament of Gears mm-hmm. and stuff. So I thought it would be more like that, and it's a little bit different. So yeah, it's, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is a it's an interesting power. It's certainly out of the power yeah. sets that are shown in these short stories. This was the one that seemed the most interesting to me because it felt yep. very unique. Uh, yeah, it stood out in in then versus some of these other stories that we've gotten. Yeah, I, I'm very glad to have Pack back at DC, and it makes me mm-hmm. excited to uh to to read uh mm-hmm. more of this when it comes out. This is probably the one conceptually I'm the most interested in, just based on the short story. Uh, this was the only one that I read from this this particular mm-hmm. issue. So I I've read them all, but with my brain being what it is lately, I don't remember what else was in that one. Yeah, uh, you, I remember that story very well. Yeah, but you read so. this a week or two ago, so it's not like it's fresh in your brain. No, two weeks ago at this yeah. point. Uh, yeah. So the next one uh, that has a story in it that I like to mention, uh, Lazarus Planet, the next evolution uh, issue one. This has the uh, the the Ram V story. The Vigil. The Vigil. Uh, this one is, in some ways, is the weakest, though. Not because mm-hmm. it's badly written, but just because... It's actually following Red Hood investigate something, and then yep. the vigil just show up kind of really towards the end, and we only get the briefest of glimpses of who they are, uh, yep. which is which is fine from like a like an introduction point of view. Maybe we see like how skilled they are. It, like, yeah, it keeps them in in mystery too, right? Like, yeah, because we don't, we never get a full good look, and we only get um, Jason's reaction to them. So, yeah, like we see kind of uh, the, the the very Arabat acrobatic one sort of dodging bullets mm-hmm. so don't, we don't really get a good sense of what their powers are necessarily i believe her name is dodge based off of the solicit and the that's that's probably a cover. wise guess yeah yeah uh, and there's one with the white mask with the red stripes yep. on it uh mm-hmm. yeah so yeah we see three of them here uh in this and they're just kind of like sort of you know we're not enemies unless you really want us to be red to we're on the same side and they go away in a little boat uh and that's it they just like see you soon so as far as introducing the characters goes, this is probably the least information we get mm-hmm. out of any of them. Yeah. So it's it's hard it's to mainly say- all set up for the you know like I said it's like a zero issue, um, and that 
So we get the the bear. Oh, like yeah, but barely though. Yeah, the second yeah. boy one still gives you more of what he does mm -hmm. and who the character Wait. is. This this well, just, I mean? this doesn't do that. So what I'm saying is, is that I think these characters they seem like they might be entertaining and fun, but like, I don't really know yet because like I've not really had enough of them to. I was kind of disappointed because I I you know I picked up this issue because of Ramvi on the on the the title and then it was these characters that I wasn't familiar with and brand new. Did not realize at the time they were going to be getting their own book, right? So I'm like, where is this leading to? Are these are they going to show up in like tech or whatever? Um, and then we find out this week they're getting their new books. I mean, I'm excited for the book because it's Ram V, and I'm assuming he right. will he or he'll make an interesting group of characters that we'll get into. There's just not a lot to glean from this no. short story that introduces them because mm. it doesn't really introduce them. It just it just teases right. they exist basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was that. There was another story in this I read because it caught my eye uh, after it, and it's a flatline story. Mm -hmm. um, and it caught my eye uh, partly because I saw the last page and went, wait a minute, I feel like I need to know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, so flatline is being called to, like, she's got this new, well, kind of a new power from the Lazarus reign, which the, the dead's calling to her. And she goes to, uh, like, a, like a, you know, a hideout uh, that she's been drawn to fight some League of Assassins, particularly Ubu, who's there, uh, who's Raz Al Ghul's, like, you know, old bodyguard. And the end of this issue, the big thing that we need to talk about is the fact that she seemingly brings Raz back to life. She opens his arm, and her power, whatever it is, uh, from the Lazarus Resin, just makes him appear again, and he's like, ah, yes, I'm back. You know, don't mind Ubu trying to protect my arm. Uh, yeah, you know. also don't mind the fact that we saw Ubu die at the hands of the Orgums in tech. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, and, and and the voice for this Ubu was not, uh, it, it was a rough read. Um, yeah, also when she opened the urn, all I could think of was Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Just, you know. Sure. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'm never mad at more flatline. I'm curious to see where this goes, because of course, I'm in the... something called... Something called Lazarus Planet. I'm expecting some some form of Ogle. Was not expecting a fallen resurrection, and I don't think this is what it's going to be. I think there's a little bit, you know, there's something of, else going on. There could but... be more to it. I mean, I, I like the Laura Braga art. I, I like mm -hmm. the voice for. Her, I thought Flatline was fine. Like her kind of yeah. talking about Damien is kind of this like weird boyfriend yeah. she has is kind of entertaining. Ugh. So, uh, yeah. what was yeah, that? The noise? Ubu dialogue was rough for me. There's just the the cadence was weird and it just wasn't. Not that I'm like, like I have a familiar. Yeah, I, I don't I think I, super I don't, familiar with Ubu, but it was just the dialogue. Yeah, this could have been any henchman. I don't and think the, I know his dialogue enough to even notice yeah. that something was off. To be honest, yeah. but it's just any henchman. It just felt weird and stilted and not the way people tend to talk. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I read it because it seemed like I should probably know that Razal Gil was alive again, and yep. like, okay, why is he alive? Okay, it's something to do with Flatline's new power. Fine. Uh, mm -hmm. so what, what? Remind me what her actual power is. I know it has something to do with the. She see, she sees the dead. I don't remember. Why are you asking she, me that? I'm look. <laughs> I thought you would remember. No. Oh. Uh, okay. Her podcast grinds to a halt because Matt has to check what her power is. Yep. Uh, human permanently Okay, yeah. So she can permanently assimilate the skills and knowledge of anyone who dies in her hands. Yeah. Well, That's she right. yeah she mentions that in this short story. She got yeah. her skills from her like uh her grandfather her... who was like right. an assassin or something like that. But I couldn't remember exactly what they were. Um, I just remember she's a really good fighter from from you know 
the League of Lazarus stuff. So yeah. Uh, so the one that came out this week was Lazarus, uh, Planet Dark Fate. Uh, I actually read three of the four of these stories. There's only one mm-hmm. that I skipped. Um, you know, the the first one's a Huntress story by Tim Seeley uh, and uh, Baldemar Rivas, uh, and it's all right. Like I, I didn't love it, but like I am all I'm down for more Huntress. Uh, I, I'm that. down for this because it seems like it's doing stuff of, and I don't think it is the the crime bible. But it feels very much of the crime bible in that like it's it's this cult that's popping up around Killer Moth as the anti-Batman. Um, and it seems like a higher power is talking to to him. And uh Helena's talking about how she was raised, like her and Batman will never see eye to eye because she was raised by the mob, basically. And she's, you know, sees crime from a different perspective than Batman does. It's not just this black and white thing. And she can hear this higher voice talking to her, too. And then you get to the end, she talks about that it's her, it's her own conscience, and, you know, she has to come above that, and that's what makes her Huntress. Um, I thought it was very an interesting take, and seeing her fight through all of these different characters through Arkham Tower, um, I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had Automatopoeia, uh, mm-hmm. we had some, what was the other character after him? Yeah, Automatopoeia, you had the Musketeer guy, yeah. or the Cavalier, not the Musketeer. Um... Uh, Killer Moth, and there's one more. Who else was... Well, it, well, it builds up to Killer Moth, because Killer Moth's yeah. the one who's sort of leading the call and saying that he's, was, you know... He's, he's like yeah. the, the criminal's version of Batman. He's yeah. like, he's there to, like, rescue the villains, effectively. Yeah. It was the guy that... Um, the Zodiac like, one. Zodiac Master. Yeah. Well, and then there was one more, too, that was speaking in... Um, speaking in Latin, and that um, Batman had come up against before. Was that the Zodiac guy? No, there's another one. Anyways... Um, I, I like the concept of it. I'm curious to see where this goes um, from here because I like I like that Helena is kind of tied to Arkham Tower since that Tamaki run, right? And she feels like she has unfinished business there. Um, so yeah, surprised how much I like this one. Yeah, the uh, the thing here to note is that at the end the Lazarus rain is like dripping down into like a uh-huh. a cell at the bottom. I mean, like my first someone guess was- that was asleep, right? That they mention. It says danger, do not wake. I mean, my first guess was Croc, just because it was in the the, the sort of basement area. But like, right. I I mean, I don't really know. Uh, it no. does say though, to be continued summer of twenty twenty three, and I don't think we know where this is going to be continued yet. No. It could be in a bat book, it could be in a miniseries, it could be in a number of things. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Uh, yeah. But it is setting up something for later in the year, so worth uh, pointing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was an alright story. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second story, which. Uh, I was delighted when I got to the second page and realized what it was. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a little lead into the Doom Patrol mini that's coming. Yeah. And when I say it's a lead in, all I really mean is that it's a little adventure with the Doom Patrol characters uh, and sets up who the new chief is by the end. Just so we've got like, a new status quo get into mm-hmm. this new mini. And I'm assuming the miniseries will, will explain this more yeah. in depth anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, basically, the Doom Patrol are called in by this military uh, a general. Someone that used to know Trainer, right? He was his commanding officer at one point. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, Alasta Woman, Robot Man, and Negative Man who show up, and basically this Lazarus Range created a new metahuman out of one of the, mm-hmm. the soldiers in the space. Uh, so the Doom Patrol is set in, and we find out that he's been kind of taking over other soldiers, and he's got all these, like, demonic clowns, and just mm-hmm. all this fungus around, and the Doom Patrol start to get, like, trapped by it, and it turns out that only Negative Man isn't, like, affected uh, something yeah. to do with his radiation in his body yeah. t- stops this sort of like growth like coming over him 
Uh, even Chainsaw Nun shows up as backup, and she gets like defeated. Um, so, so this is the first experience I had with Chainsaw Nun, and it was a delight. Like, I mean, see... well, yeah, it's a, it's a great page turn because, like, yeah. hey, we need backup, and like, you know, someone yeah. says, okay, we're sending in backup, and you turn the page, and it's like Chainsaw Nun who has chainsaws like grown out of her hands, uh, looking quite like, demented. What is this, this is this is yeah, this is light and fun. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's very, uh, yeah, Silver age feeling, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, so yeah, Negative Man goes and talks to the uh, the, the person at the epicenter of this, who's this kind of... It's funny that The Last of Us is airing right now, because this is like a fungus yeah. person. They've got mushrooms yeah. grown out of their head. And uh, Negative Man basically says, look, let us help you deal with what's happened to you. And this mm-hmm. person's obviously scared and depressed and acting out. And Negative Man's like, look, I, you know, I, I was in shock when what happened to me happened, and I'm still here... I've learned to cope with it and start a new life with these this condition and basically convinces this character to come back with a Doom Patrol, which the military guy's not happy about, mm-hmm. but they're like, no, we're, we're taking... Uh, th- th- this character deserves yeah, the same... He, you know, there's the same care and affection that, that the rest of the Doom Patrol get. Yeah, because the Doom Patrol offers, right? It's a, you know, yeah. And, and this military guy wants to talk to the chief. So I suppose that's and, the other thing it sets up, is that this character may yeah. actually be a new member in the, mm-hmm. the book. You know, the, the miniseries yeah. may actually have this character as right. a, a new ongoing uh, character. Yeah. So that's uh, very cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, do you want to say who the new? Do you want to say who the new chief is? Well, yeah. So, so the the guy yeah. like mentions, oh, Doctor Calder, blah blah yeah. blah, and then like you know, Chainsaw Nun swoops in and says, yeah, they're not the new chief. Uh, and it turns out that uh, it's uh, one of the personalities, a crazy Jane. Uh, yep. Which we should mention as well. Uh, Chainsaw Nun's one of the personalities as well. Yep. Like, just to make that clear, because I don't think we did make that clear. No. Uh, that's also a Crazy Jane character. Uh, yep. Because, uh, you know, they mention... Because obviously one of the other Crazy Jane characters we see is... Uh, what was her name? Uh, Flint? Or Flint? Uh, Flint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Flint. That's the one that can teleport, which they make good use of, uh, as Flint teleports them into the scene and then teleports them away at the end. Uh, but yeah. it's one of the Crazy Jane personalities as the new leader of the Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really interesting way of uh pivoting she's yeah. in like a she's in like a business suit she's got like a sort of gold like half mask kind yeah of yeah going. kind of like a just a gold face mask basically mm-hmm. uh as if she's still in the pandemic <laughs> right but uh yeah uh honestly yeah, very like, enjoyable i this is the yeah. most i've enjoyed do patrol in a long time i was looking forward to the miniseries this just kind of like mm-hmm. affirmed me i was like oh cool like yeah i yeah. like this i'm looking forward to yeah. it i'm into it give it to yeah. me Kind of thing. Yeah, them them going and, and finding these, you know, people changed by the reins or whatever it's gonna be. I think that's a good use of Honestly, of it makes me want to go back and continue Morrison's run. It makes me want to go back and read yeah. the uh the Jared Way stuff. Yeah. Uh from was that was that early rebirth that stuff was coming That out? was, was yeah, yeah, that was Young Animal, so that because that uh, was like that was before I'd read any of Doom Patrol, so that, that series was yeah. really confusing when I tried it. But now I'm yeah. I'm, I'm a lot more well versed. Yeah. I mean you have you have a lot better handle on characters than I do. So I got up to like issue eight or nine of the Morrison stuff, mm. and I just like I had to tap out. It was getting too weird for my liking. So yeah, oh, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, I skipped the next story. I just I looked at it and my adult looked like look. it's so this this kid that lives in <laughs> in the uh, in the Nevada desert where they want to put nuclear fallout waste, you know. Um, the the fight between the Flash and the Turtle had came through there. So what him and his friend do is they put on a one-man show or a two-person show where they alternate playing the Flash and the Turtle. Um, and 
the Lazarus rain uh, manifests there and it instills him with the um, still force. And so, um, and so some, and someone else with like this explosion of energy, he's able to use the still force to stop the explosion and basically take it away and essentially act as a circuit breaker. He's able to channel energy and, and stop it from going anywhere else as like an overflow. So Avery shows up because uh, she feels like a, a speed force thing. Avery, um, the uh, Flash character. The Flash to, character. Just to... And, yeah, and um, thinks that he's the turtle because he's wearing his green turtle costume from uh, the stage show that he does. And he goes, oh, no, 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 this is all new. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I, I learned that you, you know, the Flash needs fa- friends and family. And there's a, to be continued in, a, in another special coming out this summer. So it was okay. Like, it wasn't the rest it took me a little bit to get through just because it's such a weird concept for a for an introduction for characters but yeah i just i yeah. looked at the art i was like you know what i don't yeah. think i read this one and yeah, I just, it was iffy. i just skipped it so. yeah i just mm-hmm. skipped it uh the last story of course though is the one that was uh, the more relevant that t- mm-hmm. the reason why i wanted to read some of these stories and that is uh, the spirit world story uh, by Alyssa wong and haining uh who are going to be on the miniseries when it comes out uh so there is there's definitely some uh japanese like video game slash anime influence in the art of this yes just because the main character has this stupid big sword which is very final fantasy yeah very 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 final fantasy um and then yeah so basically we goes into a like a cemetery and starts like hacking away at the, the hopping's so, which I, you know, I guess this hopping vampire or hopping zombie thing is a real thing because uh-huh. I watched a movie yeah. right for a bonus episode of the Ace, which is our science fiction movie podcast, mm-hmm. which you can get over in YouTube and Mail Fuzz Movies. You can uh, find the audio feed, the Atomic Serum Experiment, on your podcast app of choice. That's my plug. But we did a bonus episode really early on in the show uh, for Patreon uh, called Robo Vampire, and. <laughs> Got such a peak movie to watch. It's it's a really stupid movie, right? Yeah. But there's these vampires in it who just sort of hop, like really, and they've got their arms out and they just kind of hop towards people. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was it made me laugh so much because it was just so stupid. But this is the third time I've seen I've like seen it referenced in something. Yeah, and I'm like, is this actually a thing in like Asian lore? I think Asian, yeah. So Asian spirits and monsters are quite a bit different than the Western. Um, there's there's a lot more with the folklore and why they hop and stuff. And I'm not too familiar with these. I have heard of them though, from, from, you know, myth and legends type stuff. So to see that, you know, and these ones seem more like, like spirits more than like actual vampires, like, you know, like flesh and blood here. So, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the main character is um, called Xanthe, just, uh, Zante, so, yeah. so we'll get a name for, for them. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cassandra Kane shows up to help fight the uh, the villains, and uh, they, they make a make a point of mentioning that Cassandra Kane is the only back character who usually comes into Chinatown. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, so that's you know, she, I, she 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 like patrols this area that none of the other back characters yeah, do more I, often. I also like the idea that Xanthi was just talking out loud and hoping one of the bat members is showing up, and I like uh, Cass ask him, you know, what were you gonna do if I wasn't there? He's like, be very embarrassed. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. So uh, the big thing is Constantine also shows up, uh, and chaos happens. Uh, all of the spirits and whatever all combine Transformers style mm-hmm. into like a weird tree demon thing, <laughs> and yeah. it's like okay, we have to fight back. 
But the cliffhanger, and it does have a cliffhanger, is uh, mm-hmm. Cassandra gets shifted into the spirit world, uh, which is something, I, you know, it's the name of the book, so I assume it's going to yeah. be, you know, explored. It'll be explained more in depth in the actual yeah. miniseries. So but, they talk about that also that Xanthi can can go through the gateway um, that that happened to be under that tree creature, right? And mm-hmm. that was the reason that the, the, the hopping vampires were coming out and whatever, and that Constantine was alerted to it. So... Uh, the fact that when when they defeated this tree monster thing, it pulled Cass into, you know, it seemed like a collateral damage kind of deal. Yeah. So obviously it's a little bit rushed because it's only you know ten pages or whatever. Yeah. But it does have a cliffhanger that leads into what this mini series mm-hmm. is going to be. It involves Cass, which is nice. Um, it's probably the one I'm least excited about just because again, it's as far as the creative team goes, I'm just more excited for the other two based on the names. Mm-hmm. But I thought this flowed well. Some of the lines made me laugh. You know, like yeah. there was enough potential the, here that i'm into the it. idea that xanthi is the type of person that can flim flam constantine uh i thought was pretty funny sure, as well because yeah. constantine starts yelling like you you sold me these these magical papers like well you weren't using them right they're they're you know they'll manifest in the spirit world which is a, i'm sure will come into play for cast like you know needing to get her things all these papers will come back through but yeah just the idea that that constantine got got worked here you know, by Xanthi, I thought it was pretty funny because, not that I'm that familiar with Constantine, but Constantine's usually the one that's pulling one over on other people. So yeah, uh, um, you know, it was all right. I'm not not a fan of the art though. That's just me. It's a taste thing. Um, it was okay, but it wasn't like you know. You're talking about there's some anime or manga flourishes in I there. Mean, I was saying that more in a design aesthetic as opposed yeah. to the art itself. I mean, not that the art itself doesn't have any influence, no. but it, it was more just the yeah. design of the big sword and. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. But like, even some of the faces and stuff are feeling, you know, of that style, and it all feels very much by choice. I, I will yeah. say that the concept of this, like, the spirit world and the more magic side of things, does mm-hmm. mean that this also has maybe the the biggest chance of being the one that I don't like as much. Yeah, but, you know, I'll give it a fair shake. Uh, mm-hmm. I certainly enjoyed the characterization enough in this yeah. story uh, to yeah. at least give it a try when it comes out. Yeah, but it's definitely the one out of the three that's the the more tenuous. Like, it's the one that's closer to the. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so yeah, uh, th- that was quite a little chunk of uh, talking about comics there. But like, yeah, uh, you know, it felt it was a quieter week. It felt worth going back and looking at some of the relevant stories that were leading into these new books. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, so ho- hopefully this was an interest, especially if you didn't read all of these or you didn't check out these one shots. Hopefully this was just a little bit of informative catch up and maybe some of the more relevant things that they've they've done. Mm-hmm. So cool. We'll move on. Batgirls issue fifteen. Becky Clinton and Michael Conrad writing with Neil Gouge on the art. So last issue was the silent issue with Cass looking for Steph. Um, mm-hmm. This issue starts off. Uh, you know we see Cass on her way on the motorbike. And obviously she's going to jump in eventually. But most of this issue is cat is sorry, is Steph with her father tied up uh, in the cabin as he monologues and explains what he's doing, that he wants to reconnect with his daughter, he's got this Luger, um, you know, all this stuff. He's playing like a mm-hmm. weird he's he's done like a little rig of a game show. He wants to play a game yeah. show with her. And when she gets answers wrong, he's going to electrocute her. Dad of the year, everyone. Give him a round of applause. Yeah. Dad of the year. This guy sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man, he's he's terrible. Yeah. Um. So uh, I had fun with the issue, though. I, I thought, like, mm-hmm. because we got such a cast centric issue last time, 
it was nice that this was more of a Steph focused issue and it was more yeah. about her sort of like no I'm not like you I'm well, I'm kind of like you I can admit in what ways I'm like you but yeah you know I'll get but I, that doesn't define me you yeah. know it's you know her choosing to be Batgirl despite her upbringing yeah is what defines her and her relationship to Barbara and Cass and I like that a lot because the the note that in the last issue because I read these back to back and yeah. the note in the last issue was really dire. Like, I didn't remember you talking about it. It sounded like it was a suicide note almost. Like, or not a suicide note, but like a, if you are reading the It was a goodbye note. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just so that, that really built the stakes. And so as she's thinking, like, this is this is it. She's going to go down fighting, you know, and her realizing that it's Cass. That's her relationship with Barbara and Cass and being a Batgirl. I think. Is what makes uh, Steph Steph. I really like that. Yeah, I think what I really like about these last couple issues is, is is it really addresses one of the complaints I had about the first arc of the book, which is it was so overstuffed. I feel like these mm-hmm. last few issues have been so well-paced and, like, nice and focused on one particular thing that this felt like it had stakes. Like, you know, Cass coming to save Steph felt like it had stakes. Mm-hmm. So when something shocking happens later, it did actually, like, knock the wind out of me a little bit and it kind of had a yeah. bit of impact. So I appreciate that. Well, before we get to all that stuff, though, I want to mention there's a couple of things on the art I love in the first half. Mm-hmm. I love how over the top Clue Master's like facials are in some yeah. panels. Uh, whenever he, when he, there's a panel where he gets angry and says "no wrong again" and he's holding his luger, the way his mouth is open and the way his eyes look, I think is phenomenally over the top and cartoony. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, the next page has another big one as well, uh, and then that's when Cass jumps in afterwards. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. Cass fights Clue Master, uh, unties Steph. It's a whole thing. And Clue Master, um, you know, basically goes nuts, try, goes to blow up the cabin because he's rigged mm-hmm. it to blow up. Um, there's fire around him, and he's he's so obsessed. He's like, no one leaves till I, I say they do. And he fires his gun at Cass, but Steph jumps in to take the bullet, and Steph mm-hmm. gets shot right in the middle of the chest. And I actually, Joe, for a second, uh, you know, it looks like Clue Master is going to shoot himself in the head because he's just shot yeah. his daughter. And yeah. it's only because Cass batarangs the gun out of his hand out of that he doesn't do it. So it gets really dark for a moment. It says that, you know, you live with what you've done. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, no, so I, reading it digitally, right, you can't feel how close you are to it. I thought that was the end of the book. I oh, thought yeah. we were leaving on, on, oh man, Steph, Steph got shot and that really was a goodbye letter. Um, and I was shocked. And then I turned the page and there was more book. I go, oh, phew. You know, uh, and that's where we see Cass with the battering and on Clue Master. <clears throat> yeah. Um, then we have like Cass holding Steph as she's dying. Mm-hmm. And like the art really makes it clear that Steph dies here. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? You get this full page spread uh, as well. Like, she's already kind of died, but then there's a full page spread of the flames behind her. You see Cass having the tear come out. Um, and then. The last issue actually set up that Cass had stolen some of this Lazarus resin or whatever it is from the the League, uh, which was in the last issue. And she pulls it out and she pours it into her mouth. Uh, Clue Master says that that's... Because that's how Clue Master's back, because he was brought back by Lazarus. And, uh, you know, Cass pulls down part of her mask and is like sort of like... And kisses Steph in the forehead. It's a really sweet moment. And I think this friendship that's formed between these two since the start of the book is really kind of the heart of it and is really sweet. Uh, so this was a really nice two-parter that kind of like, well, I'd say two-parter, even like three-parter, including the uh, the body swap mm-hmm. uh, annual. Mm-hmm. Just as a really nice, 
you know, stories. That's really a nice yeah. thing that pays character off. Character and relationship uh, defining. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's character first and plot second, which is something mm-hmm. that the, the start of this book was really suffering with. Is it was just yeah. so much plot. Yeah. And I, I think it's done for the better. So yeah, Claymaster's arrested, Cass takes Steph back. Uh, they explain that she's okay and that the Lazarus didn't have any side effects because it was like immediately, you know, it was like, you no, know, she right. just died. Lazarus went in, she's okay. Right. Um, which don't get me wrong, like part of me is like, okay, I, I, I do, I do wish like death was a bit more lasting, but the moment itself was so well done that yep. I'm not too mad. Shocked, shocked. Um, although I still kind of would like to see a little bit of a mania in in her mm. and that play into, am I my father's daughter? Right, like, because he is super unhinged throughout this, um, and is that up to the Lazarus? Is that why he's so unhinged? Yeah, well, um, they, yeah, they kind of imply that he's 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 more unhinged than he was before because of like yeah. how he was brought back. And they also hint that it was it was Mad Hatter, it was Jervis. Yeah, well, there's a uh, you know someone comes to see him in prison and says, mm-hmm. "Hey, can you like give us some clues?" Because that's what you love to do, right? You love to give clues yeah. as to anything related to uh, Jarvis Tech, and because you know, he's wanted, and you know, yeah. you know, so. Uh, but you know, he seems like he's really like the fact that he killed his daughters really seems to be hitting him hard. Yeah. Despite he's a, despite the fact that he's a complete prick, he yeah. does seem to have like been hit hard that he's done this. Uh, and we got a quick scene with Steph and Cass uh, sharing a moment on the roof. Um. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, they're like, yeah, pretty, we, we're gonna have to pretty, Matt, Matt Hatter and all that, and yeah, pretty good. Three, three little issue to stop in, right? Um, depending where this goes and the time, I might, I might stick on it. Um, because I do, I do <laughs> like cast. Why are you still back? I, I thought because you caught up, you were sticking on it. <laughs> Just because, like, again, it all depends on on if I have time to read. Like this week, if it's another bare week then absolutely but if it starts getting pile up again you know um i'm just trying to trying to set expectations here you know? okay okay but, yeah it's it's very good though and i didn't even miss babs like right like um someone that was so core to the first couple that i read you know i just like it that it's Kath and Seth. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Babs will bob, you know, pop mm-hmm. back in and out, but uh, we're getting Babs and Nightwing anyway, so it's not like we're we're missing yeah. uh, her in terms of like just in general. Um, but no, like it, it ends with uh, them having the moment on the roof, talking about taking on Mad Hatter and feeling quite confident uh, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's a little tease at the end, though. There's one one little scene, one page with uh, the podcaster, like Chick, who was in like the earlier stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets delivered a, a head, like a bust of a head with a note saying, read me. Um, and the text says next, a very important date, but there's like blood on this like statue head as well. So it's sort of setting up the next villain and what we're doing in the next arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice little moody tease at the end uh, for next time. So, uh, no, I enjoyed it. I, I think this book, uh, I think honestly, as soon as it got out of the first arc, it started to improve. I think since we had uh since we've just slowed down a little bit but i, I do think the annual yeah. until this issue has been the best the book has been uh and i hope that it keeps uh picking up uh so yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm enjoying it I, I think if you like these characters mm-hmm. there's probably something to enjoy here uh admittedly the first arc was a little bit of a rough uh step in though. yeah and because i mostly listen to you when you talk about these I, i'm not that lost right yeah um so I, when the podcaster person, I was kind of vaguely familiar, 
But the the mystery is just there too. That if you were just hopping on, let's say with the annual or whatever, it's it the writing is not that far out. That you can't just pick it up, which is nice. I always like when that because there's in in modern comics that kind of write for the trade. If you pop in on a random thing like this, it's not always as forgiving. Um, but I, maybe it's just the style of of um, who's writing this? It's Conrad and uh, Clunan. Clunan. Maybe their style just lends itself better to that. I'm not sure. Um, to, to picking up. But yeah, no. Cass and Steph forever. Yeah. Uh, yep, I had a good time. Uh, what are you rating? Batgirls 15? Huh? I'm going to give it 7.5. That's uh, yeah, a comfortable 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad I'm enjoying this book because I really wanted this book for a long time and it was a bit of a bummer that it was a bit shaky early on. Uh, but it's it has definitely grown. Um, and given that this is the same pair of writers that I, I jumped away from Wonder Woman on, it's almost like a, not a miracle, but like a, a nice surprise that this book's been getting better rather than languishing and getting worse like Wonder yeah. Woman did from them. So, yeah, yeah uh, that's, uh, that's cool. All right. Uh, Wildcats issue four, Matthew Rosenberg with Steven Segovia. Uh, Matt, you read this, so... Uh, yeah, away. so... Um, this jumps around a lot, and this is, I, I guess, it was just Rosenberg style. Is that uh, uh, we left with with um, uh, Grifter falling out of the helicopter into enemy territory during the Civil War, where they were getting the diplomats kit out, and uh, as he's on the ground, he starts fighting back, you know, guerrilla uh, tactic style against these. Uh, uh, he calls them ethnic cleansers, but I'm not sure that's what it is. Um, whatever's going on in the civil war in this unnamed country. And he's, you know, doing his best to take them out, you know, um, like best he can without getting the people around him involved. And so uh, he starts to question about all of this because he's like, yeah, I, I just saved that guy, but who knows what he was up to before, like, you know, that led to the civil war, right? And it's kind of like this, Grifter's morals are kind of loose and all over the place, you know? Um, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, right? And it just, it just reinforces that. Like, he's trying to find justification for not helping. It's like he's at odds with this heroic part of himself. Um, so, um, what's her name? Uh, Zealot and, and Fairchild go to Marlowe to try to get him, get Grifter back. And, and um, Marlowe's security robots stop you know we find out there's more than one of them and they're all identical um stop them from talking to marlo because marlo has this meeting with this very you know uh, important artist that he's trying to to bring over to the company and um zealous is like well that's fine then just let us talk to the void we'll we'll have void bring him back and he's like you know i can't let you do that and you know uh zealot still you know still goes and tries trying to get to void to to get them back. Um, the, <laughs> as they're going through this, Grifter's getting into more and more trouble. Uh, where, uh, as he's fighting this, this country, ninjas show up. And he's like, oh, just the last thing I need. So in the course of this book now, we've had, you know, Court of Owls, and now we have uh, League of Assassins ninjas. And um, Angel Breaker from, from uh, what was that? The... The Batman Deathstroke crossover, um, Shadow Shadow War, yeah. Um, Angel that. Breaker, 
I, I recognized Chow- the name when you said it, but like, I was yeah. trying to think, and I'm like, yeah, what the hell was that name in? It, yeah. And so, and he recognizes Angel Breaker. He goes, oh, so that means, you know, he goes, you might try to be Talia, but you'll, you're, you'll never be Talia, you know? That was your boss's daughter, you know? And so it shows that he has some familiarity with, with the League. And they have him dead to rights, and, and he's just talking about in his inner monologue that he doesn't know how to not fight. He's always going to be at the opposite end of this. Um, and he knows exactly what he needs to do to get out of this. Uh, it cuts back over to Zealot and Fairchild, who find uh, the machine. I forget what her name is, but she's the, the half-machine girl. Um, and she's looks like she's about to start things with two of the security robots um, from Marlowe. And uh, says, hey, you know, you need to get in touch with Marlowe because if we need to know where he is, we need to get Cole back uh, if it's the last thing I do. Um, so they, they find out that he's at this, you know, from her, they find out that he's at this, this um, like gala event with all this art. And I'm thinking this is leading to another Wild Scots character I'm kind of familiar with just because of the green hair. But Marlo's there to meet with this this artist, and he's talking over about his artistic style. And it's, oh, I can see it's it's from this. Um, and he's got green hair, and he looks like the Warblade. I think his name's Warblade. He's basically you know not Wolverine, where he had the the you know the metal claws, and whatever. Um, but this this artist has this green hair, and uh, Zealot and Fairchild come in, and Marlo's pissed. And he's like, well, no, you're not getting him out. It's, you know, we don't, that's not how we do. We fired him. It was his own choice to go back in there. And then they get a call from, from Halo Corporation. And um, they're like, oh, you don't have to worry about Cole anymore because uh, he just came back and, and it's his dead body. Um, and and that's where the issue leaves off. Is it seems like Grifter's dead. And I'm wondering how, you know, the, the seemingly star of this book is, you know, going to be able to come back. Although this is not, I, I feel like this is not, despite the shock on Zealot's face, this might not be the first time Grifter's died, you know? Um, because it just, it seems like he's that expendable to Marlowe that maybe they have some, I don't want to call it a resurrection machine or whatever, or even Lazarus stuff, but it seems like there's some kind of Halo company, you know, uh, scheme at work. Um, we also, in, in all of this, got a conversation between Zealot and Fairchild that, um, they don't like the idea that, that this other team gets all the glory for them doing the dirty work, you know, and the, I think his name is Majestic, the Superman-like character. Someone asks him how his powers work and he says, oh, I'm Kryptonian. Like, you know, it's, he doesn't say he's Kryptonian, but he says, oh, I get solar radiation like that Kryptonian Superman. And then I guess he gets into trouble. Um, one of the handlers talks to him. He's like, you know, you're not supposed to be telling Pete stuff about you. So it seems like it's all this smoke and mirrors. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 fine. It's just it's sometimes hard to keep up with the pace of the book because I believe the last issue ended with him falling out of the helicopter. This one picks up immediately with him fighting through this this Cold War or the Cold War, the Civil War. Um, in this unnamed country, but um, yeah, it's I, I like what it's doing with Zealot as she's almost not the main character, but we're seeing 
her she's almost like the moral compass of this book because even though she's this you know centuries old warrior you know she seems to have her heart in the right spot even though you know uh cole carter yeah cole carter is it carter gosh i can't remember um even though grifter is this morally ambiguous you know uh assassin for hire she cares about him and you know as a friend and compatriot so um the art by segovia is just so on point all the action sequences are really well drawn the expressions like when zealot catches the the machine lady with the robots um the expressions are very funny and uh even just the body language of the robots you know she's like oh, i was gonna i was gonna um erase their memories after this anyway so it's like it never happened and they go you did what she's like don't act like this is the first time and just the confusion on the robot's face are, are very funny or i should say android's face because they are human looking but yeah um solid not you know not must read but that's good I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten okay cool danger street issue three tom king writing with jorge fornes on the art uh obviously this is the one we've been looking forward to every month because uh, it's another king prestige book uh this one is a lot harder to remember issue issues because there's so many threads uh between issues uh that said though i i think mm-hmm. you know going into because i kind of reread issue one before issue two because i was like damn do i even remember yeah. what all the threads were i didn't do that this time and i think i was you know i was all right i was like okay i remember all the groups of characters mm-hmm. that we were dealing with um and we go into it and basically lady cops looking up like different blue superheroes because uh, it's actually a really smart little page uh, that i really like is that she types in blue people into google mm-hmm. but then she deletes <laughs> part of it and puts in superheroes instead mm-hmm. um I think it's a smart little. It's a smart little way to show our mind like working. Yeah. It's like okay, this is the first idea. No way, I've changed my mind. This instead, uh, and you know, so there's a lot of stuff with her wrestling with the photocopier and looking at different, uh, <laughs> different villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we get Metron, uh, counseling with Darkseid and uh, and High Father, High Father, uh, basically talking about the Death of Atlas and what they need to do to deal with this, um. Metron talks about going beyond the source wall and the Atlas is definitely dead because he heard these screams uh, in the beyond. Yeah. <laughs> so so Metron, who's always this neutral person in, in you know, the War of Apocalypse and New Genesis, um, sitting on the chair, uh, and that when Atlas died, you know, like, so he goes to the source wall and always wonders what's beyond it. And, and of course, just, first... just, just to remind yeah. everyone, Atlas mm-hmm. came through the portal created by... Yes. Uh, Starman and uh, Warlord, Warlord, and Metamorpho. They were hoping to kill Darkseid. Darkseid. They got Atlas instead and killed him, which is also the scene that they ended up killing. Well, I say they, the Starman ended up killing the kid. So just right. to keep everything straight here, that's right. what we're talking so, about here. That's how Atlas died. So yeah, so Metron goes to the Source Wall and always wonders what's beyond it. And when Atlas died, there was enough of a crack that he was able to to get through and goes on the psychedelic trip and you know, comes across something that really troubles him. And that's what he tells to Darkseid and, and High Father. And it's weird to see because, right, everything that I know about the fourth world and all this Kirby stuff, right, is High Father and Darkseid are always on opposite ends. And the fact that they're sitting on these thrones together, talking to Metron about what their next course of action is, um, really powerful 
Um, yeah, and what's interesting imagery. is they're talking about how like Atlas's burden is passed on, and there's the, the whoever it's passed on to can still mm-hmm. hold up the sky. Uh, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, where? And he's like, Earth. And I'm like, okay, who is he talking about here? Like, who yeah. who's who's Atlas's burden passed on to? Is yeah. it who killed him specifically? Is it uh, did it pass on to maybe the kid or someone silly like that? Mm-hmm. You know, like who who did it pass on to? Yeah. So they're talking about this, and if you know about Atlas, right? Atlas, you know, was a titan in mythology that for trying to rise up against Zeus. Um, he he ended up having to hold up the sky, right? Um, I don't know how much of Atlas works in in the Kirby mythos that, that he wrote in there, but so they they started discussing of who it who this is how I took it. Now I might be wrong, of of who could from from their side from the fourth world could hold this burden now of Atlas, and they cannot agree. Every time my father recommends someone from New Genesis. Dark side shoots it down, well, no, and vice on, versa. Hold on a second. No, later mm-hmm. on when they're debating who is who should go to Earth to deal with the situation, mm-hmm. it's not it's not debating who should be holding up the sky. See, that's what I thought. I thought that's who. It, that's who I thought they were passing the burden onto. That it has to be on Earth. So they were sending this person to Earth to to assume the burden of. No, the, no, no, that they're, no. They're saying there's someone on Earth who could be this person who who can now hold up the sky. See, and that's what I thought that they were looking for. That, see, that's how I took it was that's who they were looking for, and this is who they've settled on, was going to assume Atlas's burden. No, 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 no. They're sending someone to find the person who's going to replace ah, okay. Atlas. Right, so so the dialogue here is there's still someone who may uh, hold up the sky. His burden's been passed on, and they ask Metron where, and he says Earth. Mm-hmm. So there's someone already on Earth who has okay. this right because they pick orion later on orion's not on earth right. orion's somewhere else killing an alien or something <laughs> like he's orion's right. so I, yeah i read that i read that as they have to get this person to earth to assume because that's where atlas died right and they they have to now they have to go to there so i completely read that wrong then no no like, i know I'm, I'm pretty confident on this there's okay. someone already on earth like it's you know, this is a there is a there is another line. Mm-hmm. Like, there's someone right. else already there who fits right. this bill, um, specifically someone who has been passed on to. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't tell us who that is. We can no. maybe make some guesses based on yeah. the characters in the story, but uh, like that that's what it's getting at here. So there's someone on Earth who is like received probably unknowingly. They probably don't know right. it yet, but they've received Atlas's burden. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, pos- I mean. The, the, the chances are it's probably either Starman or Warlord, but like maybe that's right. too obvious. I don't know. Right. Uh, how you, I mean, how do we know it's not Lady Cop? Right. She's the one that seems to be try to fix you know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe she was. Maybe it's something to do with the, the person's character. So she was the nearest right. one who was like I don't know, uh, yeah. fit to do it or something. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So Starman and. Uh, Warlord are like debating what to do, and Starman doesn't want to just hide uh, forever. So, yeah, uh, yeah th- they're going to go to this movie shoot to to meet with someone. So they set that mm-hmm. up for later. Uh, the kids, the Dingbats, uh, are hanging out in a pool, and this has kind of like a funny twist. This scene because mm-hmm. you think, oh, they're just hanging about in the pool, and they're it's quite a serious conversation. You know, one of them mm-hmm. saying, "We we need a gun." 
because we need to find out who killed our friend and kill him yeah. and we can only do that if we have a gun so that's a really serious dark conversation yeah. to a gr- for a group of kids to be having but then the sort of funny punchline to this is that some guy shows up and starts yelling at them because they're in some guy's pool this is like someone they're else's yeah this is someone yeah. else's backyard and they're just it, it, invading <laughs> yeah and it seems like he's like i told you kids stay out of my pool it's like it's something that they keep doing well they, no it, it sounds like uh, two of them didn't even realize that they weren't allowed yeah. to be here because they say yeah. to them oh this is why we had to climb the fence then is it yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah they're lounging oh, about they're so in the funny. pool like they're you know like mm-hmm. they own the place like they're supposed right. to be there uh right. and there's no hint that they're not supposed to be there until like, this guy shows up and it's like uh it's all it's all a bit of a, a bit of a funny thing uh yeah. then we have a scene with uh, a manhunter uh mm-hmm. try to take out because that's the thing i wasn't even sure who he was going to try and take out but it's actually one of the green team he's uh yeah. he's perched although he does say it's a test he says it's test number four i think he says yeah which is interesting because it almost implies that he doesn't think he's going to succeed he's just sort of testing what the response will be to an mm-hmm. attempt on his life mm-hmm. uh and we have this uh sort of you know moment where uh, who is this character actually in the black Co- and yellow i'm forgetting yeah, that's codename assassin thank you uh so codename assassin uh sort of senses something's wrong and there's a gunshot and he stops the bullet in front of him he flies up to where the where manhunter was and the gun's left behind and he's just there it's a really good scene it's a really well paced mm-hmm. scene where it's very quiet where he just flies it, up and he looks around the room yeah. and there's no one it, there and you have to remember with codename assassin he's telekinetic and so it, everything he does is with the intent and it's just there's a coldness to him so when he when he stops the bullet right and then starts to take off to where it could come from, it's very eerie. Yeah, he's he's following the trajectory back to where the bullet mm-hmm. came from. Yeah, uh, so those two pages that are very, I mean, they're they're not quiet in the sense that there's a lot of narration, but they're very they're quiet in dialogue, and it does yeah. feel like it's just uh, the, the there's a good good atmosphere as he's yeah. searching this like empty room. Uh, so very good. The art here is excellent. Uh, yeah. So then we go back to Lady Cop, who's looking at all these blue heroes and. Mm-hmm. it's like she's got a blue beetle she's like, no, no 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 it's not it's not someone with a blue costume it's someone with blue skin yeah uh it's, it's not this and it's not this devil looking dude and she's looking through there's even blue electric blue supermans in this list mm-hmm. of characters and then it stops at uh starman and it turns out that she's actually showing it to like one of the the employees that worked at the gas, gas station. station yeah mm-hmm. and he's like oh this guy yeah it was him it was him and like two other dudes and they were in a you know convertible and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And he even, he has this interesting moment where he ponders, like, why are you showing me all heroes? Everyone you show me, there's a superhero. Why, why is there no, like, blue yeah. villains that you're showing me? Um, and she doesn't have an answer for him. It's, but, mm-hmm. Which does make me wonder, like, yeah, why is she just immediately assumed it's a hero and not someone else? Like, she just right. went straight to hero. Because all it, they said was a blue guy, right? Yeah. And I get why she'd have to consider the heroes, but she's she's honed in on that immediately as if like, she just knows. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that's a hint at the the atlas thing yeah. maybe this is like this like yeah. instinct she's now got mm-hmm. uh maybe it's a natural instinct she has anyway i, I don't know it's it an interesting yeah. little moment to point out though to to the yeah. reader well because i like to as the guy's looking through and we get his his um voice pops through he goes oh no superman i know that's superman even though it was the electric blue right and it's it's like the thing that he didn't even know who starman was you know so but he could recognize him um which again might might be a part of this whole thing because we also see that that Starman and Warlord 
go to the meeting they're going to to meet one of the green team. Um, they it's it's for a movie, right, or a TV show? Um, and, yeah, yeah. That's not and, the next scene though, so I'm not on that yet. Oh, gotcha. All right. Yeah, the next scene. The next. the next scene's back up with the the new gods again. It's up with uh, mm-hmm. High Father and uh, okay. Dark Side. Um, and just to confirm what I was saying earlier, yeah. uh, there's a line here from High Father when when uh, Dark Side suggests Calabac. Uh, yeah. He says Calabac, we risk him laying waste to the planet, uh, and it risks losing the one for whom we search. Uh, okay. So yeah, so that just further so, confirms what I was saying so, earlier. Yeah. No, that, I mean that makes more sense. Yeah. Um. Because uh, so, he suggests Light Ray and Dark Side's right. got a problem with that. He suggests mm-hmm. Mantis. Uh, yep. they're like what about Metron nah he needs to stick to his stupid chair yep. <laughs> like all these things I do love that they neither of them like Metron I do that that is very funny I um, know oh, it is yeah there's, there's kind of like a, a dark sense of humour to the, all their conversations mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but then it reveals who they're going to agree on they all kind of accept yep. Orion as a compromise so we get Orion uh, stomping this uh, new god's like face in or whoever yeah. he is who I recognise but I can't remember I have um, no. I, I don't get me wrong. I assume this is an obscure pull because Tom King does that, but I don't know who it is. Well, no, that it was somebody that Mister Miracle dealt oh, really? with in, in his okay. In his okay. I remember the because he's got like a a piratey vibe to him. He was like one of Scott's uncles or something. He's oh, one of Dark Side's guys. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And so I I can't put my finger on who exactly it was. Um, but yeah, just just King here. In his, the way he's able to to get into the minds of the the new gods characters is something that few writers I've I found because the the new gods are characters that I wish I enjoyed more, um, just because of the Kirby of it all. But there's something that how Tom King gets into it, like their conversation, like you said, the darkness that's between them, almost like they're able to put aside their silly little war, High Father and Dark Side, because. The death of one of the gods is much more important than this, you know, eons long struggle they've had with one another. Um, and then here too with with Orion, where they talk about how he's, you know, he's of both worlds. Therefore, he's not he's the ultimate compromise, you know. And that played into what we learned about him and Mister Miracle and what Scott thought about him, you know, that he's just this oafish guy that doesn't really care about anything but war. You know, he doesn't care about the people that are losing, like, you know. So it's a, it's a curious pick, is he's the one that they're going to send to Earth to, you know, to find the Atlas person. Yeah. Uh, we get a quick scene with Creeper, uh, finding out that his ratings are through the roof. Uh, it's mm-hmm. doing well. Uh, we then go back to the leader of the green team, and this is a setup for the next scene, actually, that's kind of separate, because they're, they're talking mm-hmm. about the assassination attempt and, like, you know, yeah. this was a test. Whoever it was wasn't there. We searched the hotel. But the whole time, he's, like, polishing uh, a, a, an arm made of diamond. And you're like, what's this? Yeah. And you actually get the context for it in the next scene, which is the scene that the movie set with, uh, you know, uh, Warlord. Warlord and Starman talking to the, mm-hmm. the, the kid director. who uh, He's one of the mm-hmm. green team, right? Like a, yes. Yeah. Cecil something. Yeah. Uh, which is a re- was obviously a reference to Cecil uh, DeMille. DeMille, uh, right. Who's a, you know, a movie director. Um, mm-hmm. so but they, they have some context here where they've paid the green team this arm which comes from Metamorpho they had Metamorpho mm-hmm. turn into a diamond and they took his arm <laughs> yep <laughs> to, to pay uh, uh, the to get team. a meeting with this kid yeah yeah to get a meeting um, yeah so yeah um, which 
you know, it sets up that they're looking for a way out. It's, it's interesting to see, like, these plots kind of, like, merge here a mm-hmm. little bit, uh, where this is another plot, like, tying into the green team. Um, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, the, so they go dress in their superhero costumes, and uh, Warlord's like, I, I don't want to go, you know, I, I was like this, I'm more than just the barbarian. And, you know, as I get talking, he realizes, like, oh, no, he's going to want to talk with the barbarian. So we have to go. And it's all about, you know, maintaining appearances, right? Like, this is who they think we are. So this is who we need to be. Um, And I think that was that playing in with everything else, too. Yeah. So the the idea of the the hero, why? Why is Lady Cop immediately thinking of heroes? Not, you know, not villains and whatever. Yeah. It's all about this perception thing. So the, the thing that they're actually wanting from them, though, is they effectively want to try and bring the kid back to life. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're here for a way to bring someone back from the dead. And they're talking about payment, and the, the, the arm is just to get the meeting. That's not paying mm-hmm. for the, this like service or getting this mystical mm-hmm. item or whatever. And they're saying, hey, we can do some you know, mercenary work or whatever. We, we can do whatever you want to give us this chance. So they're, they're trying to bring the kid back. So mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to fix what they did wrong. Um, and the the setup at the end of the scene is just that the uh, the, the the director wants uh, the sword of Shambhala, so they're going to, he's going to send them on a quest to get some mm-hmm. mystical item. Um, I don't really know what that is or have any opinion on it yet. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm of, gonna co- look. of course, Matt's going to look. Do you want the spell in a Shambhala? I got it. All right. Okay. <laughs> My brain works like uh, Doctor Doctor Jones. Of course it so, does. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah, I was actually just quickly rereading that page while you were talking because I couldn't remember yeah. what the hell they wanted from. Because yeah. the book is quite dense. There's, there's so many characters doing different things that it's very easy to misplace details. So all that comes up is a book called The Sword of Shambhala, Mystery of the Return of Christ. Um, I assume this is not a DC book. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is when just I say uh... book, it's like, a, a, like an actual okay, okay. Book, book by Barbara Dominiski. I'm sure whatever is going to end yeah. up being in the story, though, is probably inspired by whatever it is yes. from that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So well, we'll get more context on that uh, mm-hmm. next issue or whatever, I suppose. Then. Yep. Uh, I would have sworn it was some artifact that I've missed, you know. But, oh, sure. Uh, well, you yeah. were worried it was a DC thing, whereas it's yes. got some obscure reference to... Yep, instead. Uh, then we go back to Lady Cop, who is actually... I won't say arrested, but they've brought in one of the kids for for the pool incident because the guy said he was going to call the cops. Yep. And she's like, "Look, why were you in the guy's pool?" And she's like, "Oh, I just, you know, I got lost." He's like, "And your and your swimsuit? You got lost in your uh-huh. swimsuit?" Uh, and she's like, "Look, I need to go and deal with this printer thing because that's a running gag from earlier that yep. the printer needs toner and they don't know why it's not working." Mm-hmm. And she leaves him alone and says, "Don't touch anything. There's cameras and you'll get into trouble." And he's like. And the kid's actually quite smart because he's like, they don't have money to like put cameras in every room in the police yeah, station. Not in this town. Yeah, yeah, not a chance. And sure enough, the one thing he picks up is the file on the case that she's building and looking for the killer or their friend. Mm-hmm. And he sees Starman circled. So now the kids are going to know who the main suspect is. And we happen to know as the audience that it is the correct suspect. This is the guy right. who did it. So... We have this this element of the story though, where the kids are actually going to want to try and assassinate Starman, which is an insane yeah. plot like beat, but it's definitely like this exciting thing. You know, if this is you know this is issue three out of twelve, this is the not the end of Act One, but it feels like we're yeah we're getting like this is like mm-hmm. a big bit of setup for what the story is going to be now. 
is yeah. these kids want to try and like get the guy who killed their friend. Um, this was this was an exciting moment. Uh, so yeah. Um, basically, as Lady Cop's talking about the printer, we just get like snippets of everyone in the in the story. We see Jack Raider on the on his show talking about stuff. We see Assassin uh, taking apart the gun that was used to try and kill the Green Team kid. Uh, we see Manhunter who did take a bullet to the shoulder, you know, because uh, the Assassin did fire off a shot and it, mm-hmm. it looks like he actually did hit him. Um, we see the director on set. We see uh, Starman with the, the Fate Helmet and Orion kind of on his way. It's, it's just kind of, you know, it's that thing you do at the end of an episode of TV where you cut around everyone flash. as yeah. the narration's happening. And it's like, hey, come back next time because everything's yeah. sort of starting to. That, that was the other thing too is that this is you know still being narrated by the Helm of Fate. Yes. And the the character descriptions that we get where he calls or it calls Darkseid and Highfather dragons, but calls Creeper and Ogre. Um, calls yeah. uh, calls the um, Manhunter and Codename Assassin two knights. But, you know, and what makes them knights is their sworn oaths, not necessarily, yeah. you know, the upholding of justice, but it's the fact that they've sworn oaths to something. Uh, yeah, it's not, about, it's not about good and bad. They don't really right. care about that. They just care no. about, uh, you know, obeying or, you know, whoever right. they've sworn allegiance to. Yeah. And it points uh, out that when, when they're, because they're opposing and they're, they're, they're kind of mm-hmm. conflicting because they've both sworn allegiances to someone yep. different, um, that that might cause, like, you know, like everyone better get out of the way because it's going yeah. to be devastating. Uh, yeah. So and I just like that. And, he, and and it puts a lot of emphasis on Lady Cop as the princess, but in that, that she's the most compassionate, like she's the most, you know, like there, there was a phrase I, that they use, but I couldn't I I do, remember it right now. I really like that description of the two knights. I, I will mm-hmm. say that the actual descriptions in general are a little bit hit and miss. Maybe it's because I like fantasy, so I don't really... Yeah care about them described this way i'm sure thematically it's all relevant and it'll make some Mm -hmm. sense later as to why he's made this choice uh Mm -hmm. but the the, the two nights thing was quite interesting uh as a way to build them yeah uh yeah there was less creeper in this one and obviously we looked at the solicits earlier it looks like issue six is going to be more more about the kids than anyone else so the focus does shift a little bit but depending on what issue it is Mm -hmm. uh but i'm still enjoying it i'm still intrigued uh it's a lot harder to keep all the details together compared to some of his other stories, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's getting easier as it goes because we're getting used to the characters more and more. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you, we're getting to know them better, so we're remembering well, I'm, them better. I'm starting to remember the, the Dingbats names, you know, and the fact that we're calling them the Dingbats, or at least I am. I'm good, yeah, don't think about it. Low-fat, uh, yeah. crunch? Non-fat, good looks. Non-fat, uh, that was what it was. Uh, ban- uh, bananas? Banana, one? yeah, bananas is one, yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, yeah. so, but you know, it's definitely a different kind of Tom King book um, than, you know, something that was, even Rorschach was a little bit more straightforward, even though it was this big sprawling conspiracy mystery. Um, this, this I still have. I don't know if yeah. I, I, I feel like Rorschach was less straightforward than, because, because Rorschach was so much good at the, the backstories and it was constantly jumping around the timeline. Well, I don't know if I agree that was more straightforward. I think that was less straightforward than some of the other I, stories. I understood what it was quicker than I have with this, right? Okay. You know, and that's what I mean by straightforward. With this, it's this I, big, strong narrative. I would say the human targets may be the most straightforward book he's written. It's, that's not to yeah. say that it's not complex and like no. a adept pers- no. way. That's, but it, that's a straight up like kind of North yeah. story. But it's a straightforward you know? story that's going more yes. or less in order. You know, it's right. With this one, it's it's a big sprawling narrative that involves 
new gods to, you know, street urchins, you know, and everyone else in between. And it's, you know, I still haven't picked up on the themes and, you know, uh, and what, and who exactly is the helm of fate telling the story to, you know, that's the other, that's the other thing. Yeah, so. that, that may be revealed at the end or near mm-hmm. the end. I could see that happening. Uh, oh, God, I just hope it's Detective Chimp and he's just like, oh, okay, whatever. I ain't got time for you, Helm of Fate. <laughs> you know, like this big sprawling narratives happen, but because they're all a bunch of nobodies, nobody's really paying attention. You know, I don't know. Um, hopefully that's not what it is, but it's it's good. I mean, Fornes' art is on point. Like, somehow makes the, the you know, the new god stuff look just as nice as, or I just put that reverse. Puts all like the street urchin and lady cop street level stuff. It looks just as great as the new gods, and you know that in particular that that psychedelic scene that Metron goes on out of Fornes was like I've never seen Fornes do stuff like that before. It was very different for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm digging things. I'm, like the story's getting kind of exciting because like some of the threads are starting to connect up, and like the kids having an idea who killed the friend uh you know the like the new gods coming because atlas died like mm-hmm. all of these things start to like you know then you've got the, the Starman and that going to one of the the green team like all the yep. different threads are starting to link up a little bit more so mm-hmm. it's starting to like feel like it's paying off and that we're getting it is that it's, it's just more exciting uh so yeah uh but yeah that's uh issue three of danger street matt yeah. what are you giving it 8.5 out of 10 I'll agree, 8.5. Uh, really solid, making me excited. That's, it's, not, it's not like the immediate home run that Human Target was where I was immediately in love with it, but yeah. I could see this almost like... like I, I feel like there's going to be like a, just a, a, a line graph going up the way as we get further yeah. and further into it, is how yeah. it feels like to me. Uh, which was kind of like, like a Supergirl, actually. Like that, you know, We didn't love that yeah. right away. It was good, but we didn't love it, and then it just got better and better mm-hmm. as it went. So... Swamp Thing, Green Hell, Issue 2, Jeff Lemire writing with Doug Mankey on the art. It has been so long since Issue 1, uh, at least a year and a half, maybe even be close to two years. I think we checked when it was solicited for Issue 2, but uh, it was really good. We loved it when it came out. We praised it, uh, mm-hmm. basically, to the, the high heavens. Uh, art was phenomenal. It was this dark story of a post-apocalyptic world where it was mostly water, and this little village at the top of a mountain... Uh, were being extorted by pirates and uh, when some of the villagers attacked back the, the head pirate dude went into the water and the parliaments, uh, the, the red the raw and the green basically want to kill the last of the human beings off because they've ruined the world and the, the world can only start healing again once all the humans are gone so they take this prick who's went into the water and is dying as their new avatar mm-hmm. and he becomes this monstrous evil swamp thing mm-hmm. and started killing everyone and then the end of the story of issue one, I'm just recapping this for everyone, yes. uh, is the little girl who's the main character in the story with her father, she goes off with this old guy who's there to protect her uh, to the lighthouse, this little island with a lighthouse on it, and it reveals that Constantine's in there, and when Constantine finds out what's going on, he pulls Swamp Thing, as in Alec Holland Swamp Thing, out of his, like, heaven that he is, and we see a little bit of that in this issue where he's with mm-hmm. uh, Abby, he's with a daughter, and he is pulled out from that. He's pulled out of the real world. And Constantine wants him to fight the evil swamp thing. And that's where we left off with the first issue. This mm-hmm. issue, you know, falls on from that 
Alec, you know, I'll call him Swamp Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing is yeah. not pleased about this. He wants to go back. He doesn't yeah. want to be here. Uh, but of course, the little girl is sweet enough, and he's reminded that he wants to save the humans and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a kind of you know traditional uh, story. Um, yeah, so issue one was great. Issue two is also pretty great. I'll just get it yeah. out of the way uh, quickly. Yeah, uh, a lot. Of, if I remember right, the first one it felt a lot longer than it was, just because there was a lot of setup and, and stuff. This one read really quick. Um, for being a, a bigger book, um. How many pages is this? About 60? 64? No, it's only about, uh, I think it was like 48. Is that? Really? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, this one, this one was pretty quick. I was surprised how quick I got through it. Um, the piece on it was really good. But um, from the time it starts and we see Alec in his in his heaven, so to speak, with Tefe and, and Abby, and you're like, oh, what's going on here? Um, and then the way that he gets pulled out and how crushing that is. And then when he finds out who pulls him out is none other than Constantine. It's yeah. just this this realization. And Constantine you know, says that if you kill me, you'll never get back to your yep. you know your wife and that. Mm-hmm. So uh, naturally, Swamp Thing's like you're a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a bastard. Yeah. Uh, so Swamp Thing goes to check out what's going on, and we have this monstrous mm-hmm. Swamp Thing killing people mm-hmm. with his evil mouth and all the rest of it. And we get yeah. a, a you know a fight between them, and uh, it all looks really nice. There's some great two page spreads mm-hmm. uh, throughout this, um, and we get more of the parliaments talking. And Swamp Thing talks to the Parliament of Trees, and mm-hmm. it, they're like, "Hey, like we let you go, and we, we we chose to let you be free, but the you know now you're interfering. So what the hell are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "I can't let you do this." And it's like, "Look, the humans have ruined everything. Like we're going to take them out and yeah. start fresh." Uh, so. Um, Swamp Thing's like, like, Abby wouldn't be able to live with this if I chose them over saving people. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have to make the hero's choice, even though I want to go back home, even though I mm-hmm. want to leave and go back with them. So, yeah, uh, we, the little girl ends up, like, throwing rocks at the evil Swamp Thing, uh, and mm-hmm. putting herself in danger to save, uh, Swamp Thing. The dad ends up whacking him with a hammer as well. Uh, so this is a great fight scene. There's great two page layouts with the uh, you know back yeah. and forth. Um, I love how evil the evil swamp thing looks with the big sort of nemesis style mouth. Yeah, he's at that, and he's got like these tendrils coming off of him. Like he's just almost like a force of nature versus you know like uh, an avatar like like Alec is. You know, yeah. he's less human than anything. And swamp uh, thing and ends that... up stomping on his head to kill him. Uh, although he does tell yeah. them make sure you burn the body because he will come back <laughs> yeah yeah i also like uh what the the parliament tells him is like okay well you've made your choice you're siding with humanity there'll be no more resurrection basically like oh yeah he's cut off from it. the powers yeah you're you're yeah so whatever whatever power he has he has until he's dead so this is like four keeps like alec can't just like you know, recklessly throw himself into these situations. So, um, when we see him fight monsters and stuff, there's there's definitely stakes there. Yeah, and there's a really sweet moment where the little girl like gets some like seaweed and starts like bandaging Swamp Thing up because he's hurt mm-hmm. and he's not healing anymore because he's not got the powers. <laughs> and yeah, and he's still and he's still pissed at Constantine. Yeah, who's know? disappeared and, as and, well? Might we add? Right. Uh, right. But and, it's just a sweet moment. There was a great bit mm-hmm. of the art where Swamp Thing kind of smiles because this little girl's helping yeah. him. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting at when he said he's still pissed at Constantine. And then the little girl comes over, and you're getting, you know, 
the way that she's drawn is very similar to Teffy that we had seen in, in his paradise, you know. So we're we're getting the vibes that he's, you know, this little girl is pure. Um, and that she's, you know, kind of the case that he's gonna use that humanity's still good and worth saving. Yeah. Uh, so the parliaments basically grow stuff out, like we see stuff growing out of the head of the bad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they basically say, "Look, that didn't work. We put all of our our effort into this one being. That was a bad mm-hmm. idea. We have to like combine our forces, and they basically form like in the water an army of these concoctions that are part green, part red, and part rot." And mm-hmm. so it's like super grotesque stuff, and we get this big army of like monsters coming from the water. It's a great two page layout, or like, yeah. it's a two page spread. And it's yeah. these like ugly ass things where part of them look swamp thingy, part of them look rotty, part yeah. of them look flesh. You know, yeah. it's, it's 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 this just concoction of everything. They're, they're all like, they're working like together. plant zombies that are coming up out of the water, but they also have this heft and bulk. It's like they have it's like they have tumors and they have growths yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so all, all the forces are combining to take on the the last mm-hmm. of the humans and swamp thing. Uh, but Constantine has magically uh, went to the astral plane and his basement. He's speaking to Dead Man, and mm-hmm. he wants to be taken to someone in particular. Uh, well, Swamp Thing starts to fight the the monsters, and he's like, I don't know if I can win this, but I'll I'll try. So it's mm-hmm. looking you know quite poor form. There's a great two-page spread again where he's got like a tentacle wrapped around him as he's yep. trying to punch like a monster. Uh, there's a lot of great artwork in, in this issue, yeah. much like the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so we go to like, the Nana Parbat Mountains uh, to wherever, like, wherever Constantine's looking for. There's a lot of animals. There's, there's a, like a lion, a tiger, all that stuff. And you're sort of th- trying to like, okay, who's he going to talk? Because he keeps talking about she. Like, we, we get a her. We know it's yep. a her. Uh, and then the reveal at the end of the issue is that it's animal woman it's maxine grown up uh and she's like the the and she's like what's going on with the red the red's like acting weird right now the animals are all scared um so it seems like the ally that swamp thing's going to get potentially in issue three is maxine grown up as animal woman which is Mm kind of nuts uh so well and and she's there with with the animals and it's what we get from because her mom shows up too right her mom's the old woman that stops Constantine and Dead Man, uh, at, almost at the gates, and you know he's like, "I'm here to talk to her," and and she's like, "Well, she's not going to get involved because you know there's only so many few animals left." So, it, to me, that that's saying that also, are we sure that she's going to want to join up with Swamp Thing? You know, um, exactly, or maybe they're going to have to, yeah. you know, honestly, forge- if. If they hadn't said Maxine, I wouldn't have thought it was her because her hair's right. like black. You know, I'm, right. su- I'm used to her being a little redhead. redhead. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously she's got the Animal Man logo on her on her yeah. shirt, which is you know, fair enough. But I wouldn't have assumed direct daughter. I would have assumed yeah. maybe like descendant or something yeah. like further down the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the idea that because you know obviously we've had you know green and red stories before with Animal Man yeah. Swamp thing. It's a very natural twist to throw in here. It- yeah, this this almost feels like a a, a continuation of Wimir's Animal Man, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's why this feels so fitting is because he yeah. he was writing Animal Man when they were mm-hmm. doing that green and red stuff. So yeah. it, it feels like a kind of like a almost a you know the the end of the world story like yeah. for for his like Animal Man run, mm-hmm. uh, even though Animal Man himself isn't in it. Uh, right. it's, it's an interesting little uh, mm-hmm. pivot. Uh, like I think it's really interesting because obviously that that first issue. 
was all these new characters. It was this evil swamp thing. And other than the idea of the parliaments and the green and the red and the rot, it wasn't until the very end of the issue that you got these characters that we knew and we got the return of the real, you know, proper swamp thing. Mm-hmm. Likewise with this issue, it's, it's hit us with this new character. Well, not new, but like a, you know, right. a, a character we know in some form showing up at the end. And it feels like the most natural fit in the world for where the story is going. Like, it could have been predictable. Admittedly, we didn't predict anything because we didn't remember yeah. anything because it's yeah. been two years since the first issue. Yeah. But, it, like, really good stuff. Um, It feels like a natural fit. And I'm excited to see, like, Maxine and Swamp Thing, yeah. like, sort of team up to take on, like, this these monstrosities in the last issue. Yeah. Uh, which will hopefully be in a couple of months. <laughs> yes, yes. So I just checked in also the on sale date for the first issue was December 28th, 2021. So like 14 months uh, in between issues. So hopefully we don't have to wait that long for the next one. Uh, Honestly, I felt longer than that, to be honest. Yeah. I felt longer than that. So, but, um, but yeah, I I mean, as of right now, we're getting the, the, the trade of all three in August, so you gotta think that three's gonna be out before then. Well, the three was solicited for, I think, April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, or maybe it was March. It was March or April, I don't know whatever month okay. it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. But to be fair, this... issue two was solicited for no. whenever a long time ago, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, that's true. Skeptical um, and all that, but, I mean, yeah, it, feel, it feels like whatever delayed it, maybe it was, like, something in one of the personal lives of the creators, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Doug Mankey yeah. had something he couldn't draw for a while, yeah. I don't know what it was. But yeah. regardless, uh, it was nice to finally get issue two, and it's going to make a hell of a, a trade yeah. uh, when it's when it's done. I suspect. Um, but uh, yeah, I love a good Swamp Thing story, and this is a good Swamp Thing story mm-hmm. with a lot of horror in it. I think Swamp Thing's at its best when there's like an element of horror and kind of like the forces yeah. you know that are bigger than us, like fighting against us, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, just I have to. I'm gonna have to track down the Alan Moore stuff now. Just between the announcement that we got with the movies and the whole Constantine of this, you mm-hmm. know, and how, how much he's part of that Alan Moore run, you know, um, and uh, like you talk about the horror aspect, I gotta, I'm gonna have to, get, you know, get there eventually. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. What are you going to give Swamp Thing Green Hell issue two? I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, honestly, I, I can't argue with that. 9 out of 10 for me as well. Uh, that was the thing I was looking forward to the most this week, because it was just nice to have it back. And I feel like we've not talked about a Jeff Lemire comic in ages. ages. Yeah, I can't even tell you the last one that, that he's done for DC. He did that yeah. uh, Batman Joker one. Uh, it was it was like a three-issue mini and a one-shot. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was Black About the book. psychiatrist, right? Yeah, but that must have been, again, like, that was probably before Kill- the first issue of this. <laughs> Kill- Killer Smile. Yeah, that was the one. Killer Smile, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, if Jeff Lemire wants to come back and do something at some point, mm-hmm. that'd be lovely. But I get it. He's doing his indie work and, you know, all yeah. that. I, I get it. I get it. But, you know, I, I've missed Jeff Lemire at DC. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get into the, the part of the show now. We pick our favorites of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and uh, top five books. Uh, or close to five as we can get, depending on how many we read. So, panel slash moment, Matt, what you got? Um, let's see. I like that. I'm going to go from, from Danger Street, and it's just the, the image of High Father and Dark Side uh, on the dual thrones, you know, putting aside their differences for this greater cause. Oh, that's an image that stirred me. Uh, 
yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, there's a couple of things in Dane Street I'm tempted to go with, but I think... I think all the monsters coming out of the water in Green Hell mm-hmm. uh, is probably what I'm going to pick, though. Uh, it just really clicked. Oh, actually, no, maybe the death of Steph and Batgirls. That's pretty good, too. That's up there, too. Mm. Now, I'll go with Green Hell, but there's a few that were close. There's a few mm-hmm. that were competing, so uh, that's cool. Uh, mm-hmm. For cover of the week, um, uh, the main, well, the variant for Batgirls, which is a Dan Mora cover. Uh, the is, Dan Mora one's really nice. It's pretty nice. Uh, it feels irrelevant to the issue because it's mainly focused on yeah. Babs, but you yeah. know, whatever. Uh, the main Swamp Thing cover is great, as is the variant with Swamp Thing underwater, uh, mm-hmm. as is the evil looking one from Yannick Paquette, it's, which is yeah, the, that's the monster. A, the Christian Ward one looks nice. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Danger Street's regular cover looks good. Uh, so it's kind of between those for me. I think uh, it's tough. I, I think I'll probably go with the Ward Swamp Thing cover, the underwater one. I think that's what I'm going with. Mm-hmm. But it was between those. What you got? Yeah. Um, I was like, there's a Shaner Danger Street cover that's got Metamorpho doing some shenanigans. I like that one a lot. Um, but no, I'm I'm gonna go with the um green the Swamp Thing Green Hell regular cover. Okay. Just it's very ominous with Swamp Thing looking over Constantine. Um and yeah, that's a that's a good cool. one. Alright, art of the week. Oof, this, this is tough. This is between yeah. Green Green Hell and Danger Street. Yeah, they're both um, excellent art wise. Yeah. Um Oof, they're both doing different things too. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll give it to to Swamp Thing on the edge of the the monsters looking so scary, like th- those are those are proper proper monsters. What's funny is that um, I think I'm going to just inch towards Fornes for Danger Street mm-hmm. purely just because in Swamp Thing the art is fantastic and it's got so many great yeah. money moments. But I did think the first few pages of Swamp Thing and he's like heaven didn't look as good as the rest of the issue. So okay. just for just for that as like a little mark against it, I'm going to pick right. Danger Street from Fornes. But uh, yeah, um, and then uh, rank your books. <laughs> All right. So number one is Swamp Thing Green Hell. Number two is Danger Street. Number three is Batgirls. Number four is Wildcats. And we didn't we didn't rate the Lazarus stuff. So no. Uh, I mean, it's, our minds is basically the same without Wildcats. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, Swamp Thing, Green Hill at number one, Danger Street at number two, Batgirls at number three. Uh, and I read a collection of different Lazarus Planet stories, but uh, nothing that I would rank in here because it's all just kind of different yeah. parts of different issues. So, no, cool. Uh, that all then uh, brings us to just telling you what's coming next week from DC. And it is a more full week. Uh, I have seven books mm-hmm. from my account. Uh, so we have Nightwing issue 101, we have The Flash 793, we got Batman Superman World's Finest issue 12, Wonder Woman 796, Catwoman 52, we have Superman issue 1, so we got a big issue 1 next week. Uh, we have Batman One Bad Day Clayface issue 1, so excited for that. We have Deceased World the Undead Gods issue 6, we have Lazarus Planet Omega issue 1, so this is actually the the conclusion to uh, the two-part story that starts and ends the Lazarus yep. Planet stuff. Uh, so that's obviously a must-read from from Wade. Uh, we got Black Adam issue 8, Superman's Space Age issue 3, Titans United Blood Pact issue 6, 
Harley Quinn, the animated series, Legion of Bats, issue 5, and GCPD, the Blue Wall, issue 5. So, uh, oh, actually, I think it's going to be 8. I think I didn't count Blue Wall yeah. before. So, yeah, it's a healthy week next week with the big new issue 1, some big uh, regular ongoing books that we love, and uh, some cool niche stuff like Blue Wall. And, uh, yeah, so, and uh, the, the one bad day one shot, uh, which is hopefully going to be good. So. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, Zermanical art. That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, can I skip this one just to give myself a lighter week? No, I wasn't, no, wasn't going to skip. I didn't skip uh, any of the other ones, but I was seeing who was on the art because I saw yeah. um, it's, it's Kelly and Lansing on, on the writing duties. So, um, but yeah. Man, if I was still reading Superman Space Age and not waiting for the big trade, this would be a problem week. Oh, yeah, because uh, that's like 100 pages, right? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. But no, we got Superman 1. Nightwing 101, um, yeah, Flash. I, I literally just listed all of them, yes. No, I know, but these are those are probably in order, what I'm excited for. Okay, okay. Uh, there, yeah. So, and that's the last issue of Undead Gods, right? No, that's, it's, this that, is no it's an A-issue book. Oh, that's right, it's not six, all right. Yeah, so it's two more after that, yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, which is which is good because that means it ends before May, which is when a lot of new mm-hmm. books start. So that's right. nice timing. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's pretty much the show. That's comes to the multiverse uh, mm-hmm. three four four. Um, of course, you can support everything by supporting us over at patreon.com slash dot TV. You get the show a little bit early whenever it's ready on the the Saturday night, whenever it's out the oven. I also take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Al Treisman. And thank you to all of our patrons uh, over at patreon.com slash TV. You can, of course, uh, get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz. Uh, no, sorry. Well, that, that is a real Twitter, <laughs> but uh, that's not ours. That's at DC Comics Podcast. Yeah. Um, again, no, Twitter's rules are changing they're going to try charge for two-factor authentication soon which yeah. may actually be what drives us off it because f that uh but uh you know more on that in the coming weeks and, and months yes. uh so yeah but of course you know uh share the podcast rate us five stars on the podcast app usually itunes or whatever uh all these things do help uh yeah so thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force